Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life there's no surrender. And there's nothing left for us to do. Find the strength to see this through. folks, and thank you once again for coming to Bard's Logic Political Talk, part of the Growing Conservative Conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network at www.patriotjournalist.com. Uh, tonight we will have our special guest, David Biotlecki, uh, and he'll be discussing the uh, transactional tax uh, once uh, we get him uh, called into the show. And I uh, see, well, we've got some callers, so if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on your number dial, and we'll make sure that uh, you get in. And if you'd like to uh, chime in, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, so we got some callers in, so push the one on your number dial, and uh, we'll get you into the show. And so uh, we do have uh, some of you who'd already like uh, to chime in, so let's go ahead and open it up, and then we'll go from there. Uh, didn't get a chance to do any call screening, so let's find out. Eric here, 407. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you? Hey, this is uh, Dave. Um, I'm supposed to call you in. Oh, great. Transaction tax on deposits. I guess you're waiting for me. Yes, yeah, so waiting for you. We, we've got you actually have a number of callers who call in that. Uh, okay. Even with the area code four zero seven, so I just wanted to see if it was one of uh, the other guests. But yeah, thank you for. <laughs> Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, well, one of our panelists comes from Florida, too, uh, Cindy Todd, and uh, we'll be hearing from her this evening. Uh, so uh, let's go ahead and first start off, David. And of course, thanks for coming to the show. And I got to read uh, most of the white paper uh, that you sent mm-hmm. to me. I thank you uh, for that. And so, but first, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background, uh, you know, to our audience here. Well, I'm originally in you know finance and accounting, and I was looking to start a freelance writing career. And in my research, I was looking at white papers. So I went to my employer, asked them to see if I could do a white paper, and you know they didn't get back to me. So this was around last summer, and I got an email, you know, from FreedomWorks, the 912 event. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard. Oh, that. Yeah. They had it in Orlando. They had it in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So I went to that. And so I'm reading down their list. I'm like, like what they do. And one of the things is, you know, reforming the tax. I'm like, ah, oh, there it is. There's my white paper idea. So that's how I wrote the white paper on the transaction tax. I originally heard about it about 10 years ago. Um, it was written by uh, Dr. Edgar Feech. He's a economist at uh, Wisconsin. So I called him and uh, his assistant, William Herman, that wrote the original transaction tax. I didn't hear from him, but William got back to me. So then I, I basically spoke to him, and that's how I came up with the white paper. Yeah, interesting. And, uh, you know, I am familiar with FreedomWorks. Uh, I actually was at an event uh, a couple of months ago, and, we, you know, actually played some audio clips. There was a rally there, 
uh, I believe it was for uh, it was a Ted Cruz rally. Well, I was there. Glenn okay. Beck was there, uh, uh, as well as some others. It was in Orlando. Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I remember they promoted that one, but uh, but Glenn Beck was actually the one in Florida as well, the Orlando. He, I, I believe he's the one oh, yeah, who I'm set sure. it up. That's his idea in the 912 project. Right. Yeah, this wasn't for the 912 project. I think this was uh, kind of supporting Ted Cruz. Uh, in his oh, right, uh, right. runs, because yeah, cause it was it was before it was before the, it was it was right before the the Ohio primary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he came here supporting Cruz because he uh, he it's, he is and uh, still a Cruz supporter. And then we do uh, look like we do have Cindy Todd on the line, uh, as well as uh, perhaps someone else uh, from Florida as well. Uh, so we'll, we'll we'll definitely get you into the show, folks. Uh, um, I promise you that. But I just want to go through the interview questions. Uh, with our guest okay. here, uh, one, one of the questions I didn't ask you is how long you'll be able to stay with us tonight. It, uh, it is a three-hour program. We don't necessarily expect you to stay that long or <laughs> even close, but uh, but that's, that's something <laughs> well, we have, uh, we didn't discuss. I, I have uh, I have plenty of time to go over anything you want to ask. Uh, I have my little script in front of me. Uh, it's about you know 15 minutes if I did all the talking, but uh, but I well, I so have, well, well, we'll do plenty of time. Yeah, we'll go through uh, the interview questions and take uh, questions mm-hmm. from uh, you know our panel uh, panel callers, sure. and uh, go from there. And then, but yeah, we were so yeah we were, and then I think we had uh, one of the members from Freedom Works. Uh, people could check out uh, the different list of folks we've had on the show at www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com. And uh, I believe we had uh, I don't think it was the founder of Freedom Works, obviously, but we did have uh, someone else from Freedom Works. Uh, we had on the show uh, but uh, anyway let's go ahead and get to here so what was the you know we're talking about you know your white paper and you know kind of read that makes some questions on that and so you know first we'll talk about the income taxes things are now uh you right. you put in your white paper you know talk about some you know historical information about the mm-hmm. income taxes first uh, i wanted to talk about is where you're talking about the first signs of trouble uh that came uh, that that starts showing itself with the income tax. Well, when the first was uh, the the income tax when it first started was temporary. Um, there would be increases during war, and then they would go back down. But then in the early 1900s, they just kept going up. Originally, only the rich were supposed to pay it, um, like the top one percent. But then obviously now we have a 74,000 page and half of us are paying the tax. Well, obviously, once it did not go back, went down, it just kept – the government said, oh, here's an additional. Because the income tax originally was supplement. It wasn't to replace the taxes they were having, um, they were collecting. Then they saw it as an additional, kind of like they do now. I mean how many times you see a tax say, oh, it's temporary. It's never temporary. Once it's in there, it stays. And that's kind of what happened in the early 1900s, kept going bigger and bigger and bigger. Now we got 74,000 pages. Um, rich are still rich. Poor are still poor. We're $19 trillion in debt. The dollar's lost 96% of its value. And tax revenues, this is the key part. If you look at a percent of tax revenues of GDP for the last 100 years, around 18 or 19 percent doesn't matter if your rate's 34 percent or 94 percent so obviously what we have now does not work and then we heard um you know a lot of the alternatives like the most of them are the consumption tax you know just national sales tax 
the VAT tax. I know Cruz was a flat tax guy, um, but he never explained mm-hmm. when he was asked how it would be collected. He couldn't answer the question. It was in one of the debates. I was like, on a postcard. Uh, I was like, <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, <laughs> I mean, it, it sounded great, but when he was asked that question, he was like, oh, he couldn't answer it. And luckily for him, his time ran out, and they asked one of the other candidates. And then you had the fair tax, the Neil Bortz tax. Um, now, all of these are better than what we have. But they have two major flaws. A, they're all regressive on wages, meaning that the lower income are still going to be paying a high percentage, and someone still has to enforce it. The transaction tax uh, solves all those problems. It takes the technology that we already have, uh, like let's say for direct deposit and credit cards. You get your check. I mean, how does a bank know or how to? You know, how does your bank know where it's coming from? Some sort of technology that's hooked up to your employer lets them know where it's coming from. Well, all you do with the tax is you put a little TPA account, the taxpayer account, attach it to all the financial institutions, and the tax is paid instantaneously. It's paid in real time. You do not need the IRS to collect the tax anymore. That's how you get rid of the IRS is when you, there's no need for them. So that's the, so that's the, the two main things. It's not regressive on wages because it doesn't matter if it's your income, if it's consumption, uh, spending, saving, investment. Every transaction is treated the same way. Yeah, and going back, uh, and we're going to get there. I want to hear more about, the, of course, the transaction tax. And as you point out, we have plenty of time. Uh, but one of the things I've noticed, and I've talked about this in the show, and I, I think we're going to start seeing this again in November or maybe not even November, probably starting in uh, October, is we're going to start seeing gas prices go down, okay? And I I contend that we see that happen every four years. I think uh, the gas prices go down. It's going to always go down shortly before, I mean, and sometimes not, I wouldn't say drastically, but by a good margin, uh, go down right around election time. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has noticed that, but but I've noticed that. Uh, so it's like, okay, guys, you know, we, I mean, I appreciate the lower gas prices. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I, I think I got an idea behind it. It's kind of like uh, the timing of the increases in income taxes uh, and elections, as you pointed out uh, in your white paper. So go ahead and uh, tell us more about that. Well, what happens is a lot of your observation when you tax in, uh, is when you have a tax increase, um, it happens in the beginning of the year. So, so anytime there's a tax increase, it's on January 1st. Um, we're, we're so, you know, it's built into our mind. We know what our take-home pay is. We don't know really know how much we earn. We know after taxes how much we make. So, yeah, in those first few weeks of January, you're like, oh, I can't believe my tax has gone up. But then you get um, – it becomes habit, and you forget about it. And come next election, you forget – you totally forget about it. So, I mean, it was by design. It was I mean, these people, they're not dumb, obviously. They specifically designed it where, I mean, if we were writing a check instead of having it taken out of our checks automatically, it would be a much different story. Because every time you were writing a check to the government that's bigger than the one before, you remember it every time you wrote it. So that's why they put those tax increases in the beginning of the year, because we forget about it by February. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good point. And one of the things is I mean, we all know is that political memory is one of the shortest <laughs> memories uh, that they are. Yeah. Um, that's one of the reasons why a, a friend of mine are, are, are looking into uh, 
you know, at least locally, is to try to get a referendum to actually say, look, you you know, political ads have to be truthful. Because right now, you could put out anything that could be liable. You know, it doesn't have to be true. And a candidate, you know, can't sue uh, the other candidate for libel or defamation of character or anything like that. I mean, they could say anything. And so yeah, we'd like to have some type of referendum media. to say, look, you guys can't do that. <laughs> Tough to do with social media, though. It would be great if people were honest. Got an honest Well, at least the political ads. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're talking about the ads, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're talking about the political ads. The, 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 but yeah. they'll tell you, oh, th- there's a little bit of truth that when we exaggerated the rest, but there's always going to be some little truth to it that they'll say, oh, that, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we just exa- you know uh, an exaggeration. Mhm. But, but yeah, that that would be uh that would be uh and I live in a state where these ads are going to start. I'm actually about now. From May till election day, they'll be nonstop. That's the best oh, it's going to be Florida cuz <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be a bloodbath here. I'm no I'm in Ohio. So we're in the two we're in two swing states, right? Yeah, yeah. So Ohio will be yeah. the same. So, but you know, it's yeah, it's going to be the nastiest election probably we've come across for a while. It's going to be. Uh, I tell you, the, do you know what the worst election of all time is? The nastiness. Eighteen twenty-four. That was the Andrew Jackson, John Quincy Adams. I mean, they were calling his wife a whore. Could you imagine if they? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember hearing oh, yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Very nasty. Oh, it was a brutal and. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's I don't know if we'll get to that point. Rival, that, I don't think we'll get to that point exactly, but that was a nasty one. But I was, I was well, I don't know. I mean, Trump might say stuff about Hillary and, and I mean, Hillary <laughs> about Bill, and then you know he might she might say something yeah. about his different wives or ex-wives or who knows how that pans out. You never out. know. Uh, could drop a uh, he could drop a bomb, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, and then his followers will love him even more. Uh, but it, and so, you know, and perhaps we'll go uh, talk more about that in our section called Bard's Logic After Dark. Uh, but anyway, so one of the things also you point out is how business, uh, I guess this with the, you know, income tax as well, and we're just going to kind of push those problems out of the way before focusing more on the transaction tax, is uh, you mm-hmm. stated that uh, that how businesses pay taxes on profits, at least for the current system, uh, that do not exist. Tell us more about that. Well, if you take um, things like the, the the big one is depreciation. Depreciation, because uh, the way the way it's set up, when you when you buy a car, um, let's say you're you're in energy and you you buy some equipment to get the oil out of the ground, you have to depreciate that over a period of time. But you're paying for it that first year, so you're paying. You, since you're not deducting the whole expense initially, you're paying t- you're paying tax on income that's not there because you 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 put that initial expense out. That's already that's already gone out, but you can't count the whole thing as an expense right away. You have to amortize it over a period of time. That's just one example. Um, you get rid of that. If businesses could that initial expense in that first year, you would see a lot more investment. Okay, and as I do here on the show, multitasking, uh, replying to chats and, and messages here on Facebook. 
so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm all over the I'm all over the place when when I'm here doing the show. Uh, you know, social yeah, it's all social media and and everything. Uh, and so you know, one thing I you know, because a lot of, a lot of folks uh, you hear about this a lot. There's a lot of supporters of it, but I don't think a lot of people really know uh, about the fair tax. And you know, you, you, I believe you gave a pretty good description there. You know, in your white papers. Uh, and of course, mm-hmm. you know, we did send. A, we do have a link to your white paper here on the a description we have here on the for the show. So if you're here on mm-hmm. uh, Blog Talk Radio, whether you're listening to us live or you're also or you're listening to the podcast, uh, you know, definitely check out that link uh, that we supplied for you to read it. It's, it's definitely very informational. Uh, and we're not going to get through all the different uh, taxes, but mm-hmm. you know, that's one we've been hearing a lot about lately. Uh, and so uh, give us more of an explanation uh, of the fair tax uh, to the audience. The fair tax is, um, if you're familiar with Neil Bortz, he's a radio guy. I believe he was had it co-sponsored with somebody from Georgia. Um, it's, it's actually the only one that's been introduced as a law. All these other ones are theory, but that one has, was actually introduced to be voted on. It's never been voted on. But what the fair tax is, it's, it's a tax on consumption of new goods. Um, like, like if you, let's say you want to buy a car. And so, so how they come up with the tax, it's 23% is that the, the, when you put them all the taxes, that's how much it would, that costs to buy that good. So what they're proposing is that you put the, that tax so that when you buy it only on new goods – you're not taxing income. It's just based on what people are buying. The problem with that is it's, it's only new goods. So if you wanted to buy a used car, it's tax-free. You, you would pay – there would be no fair tax paid on that. And the same with services. It's only on manufacturing, and manufacturing is only 15% of our economy. So what happens if people adjust the behavior, and that's the problem with all of these, and when we get to the transaction tax, it's the, the biggest difference. What if they're wrong? What if uh, part of the fair tax is they think, oh, since you're taking out all these other taxes, that prices will come down. Well, that may or may not be true. They could stay the same. What if you're wrong, and then that tax needs to be 20 instead of 23%, it's 35%. I mean, you're going to have such a deficit, you'll never be able to recover from it. And then with, and then we'll move over to the and I do see callers on there who'd like to uh, chime in. We will get you in, uh, but on the transaction uh, tax, you know, we're going to talk about payments. Explain how the transaction tax uh, is calculated, or what's called the calculated total transaction. But yeah, okay. So what uh, Edgar Feech did. Dr. Feed. Now he's an economist. I, I'm just a marketer, so I so it is actually the concept is done by an economist. So what he did was um, since we are an electronic uh, in an electronic age, it's like, well, why can't we do that the way we collect tax? So what he did is instead of the way to reduce the taxes is to increase the base. So how do you increase the base? So, well, so well, first of all, what is the base? So how do we measure income in the United States? GDP, right? That's how we measure income. So he, his numbers were in 2005. That's the last number they did the calculation. Oh, and I want to point out what the key, the most important part of the transaction tax is that you need an economist 
that can look at the Bank of International Settlement and, and calculate it. So that's what he did. So in 2005, he did, counted the number of transactions that make up that $13 trillion GDP. Now, I know you know what it is because you read the paper, but if you were to – if you didn't read it, what would you think were the number of transactions to get that GDP? See, it's unfair for me to answer, but go ahead. <laughs> unfair, but, but, but I don't care. Okay, but when I ask people the question, they'll say, I don't know, but $40 trillion? You know, they'll, they'll double the number or something, something not much higher than $13 trillion. Some will even say $13 trillion. Well, the answer is $856 trillion. That's 65 times higher uh, than 13 trillion. So 65 times higher. So what he did is like, what if we base the tax on that instead of the income? So what he did is he took that number, and here's another key part to the transaction tax. He took a conservative approach, uh, like, like, okay, obviously people are always going to try to avoid a pay tax. You introduce something new, what are they going to do? Well, how am I going to avoid paying it? So what he did was he said, okay, what if people 50%, I mean, that's an extreme number. Um, if, the, if the actual transactions went down by 50%, we'd be in a depression. So that GDP would be half of what it is now. So that's what he did. So you get down to $428 trillion. Now, government tax revenues in 2005 were $2.4 trillion. So to make it revenue neutral, and here's another difference between all of between this, the fair tax, and the all those other ones, they they're not revenue neutral. It's always a rosy scenario. Of course, we all want the best case scenario. It'd be great if nobody changed, and you could use the whole 856. But what he did, so it's not human nature. So you take 2.4 trillion divided by the 428, that gives you a tax rate of 0.56 percent, not 5.6 percent, 0.56 percent, and. So the way it would work is that each side would pay half. So let's say I went into a grocery store and bought like $100 worth of food. I would pay 0.28. That's 28 cents. Is that, is that my math right there? What's 100 times 0.028? Let me get my calculator out. 100 times 0.0028. Yep, 28 cents. And then the grocery store would pay 28 cents for a total of 56, 56 cents. Every transaction would be treated that way. So let's just say you make $50,000. $50, you have $50,000 coming in, and, and some, you're going to spend your 50000 whether you save it, you buy it. You're going to spend the whole 50000 So 50000 in, 50000 out. Your tax bill is $280. And What's the, what's the normal tax bill for under the current system around eleven grand? That's a ninety-seven percent savings. Wow. Now, yeah, when you look uh, at it, you divide the, the it, income is only one percent of the total transactions. So now, if you do the number for a rich guy, it's going to be the same thing. So obviously, people are going to say, "Well, this is." Who's paying the taxes? How can you operate under a system like this if nobody's paying the taxes? So that gets us to what? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's tax. a good question. I mean, where's all where's the money going to come from if okay, everyone's saving all? You know, from? yeah, right. fair question. So what happens is the two biggest areas that are not taxed are financial or financial transactions and currency transactions. 
trades, currencies, and derivatives. That's about 40% of that $856 trillion. Now, if the listeners that are following the news, they probably are familiar with the, the European transaction tax on financials that they're trying to pass, but it keeps getting delayed. It'll never be passed because it'll never work. And the reason is it will adversely affect the liquidity of those trades. The spreads are too small that even a small tax like this of 0.56% will have a negative effect. So that's how we came up with the transaction tax on deposits where you're only doing one half, not both. Just any, any transaction deposited into a U.S. financial institution. So that gets rid of that problem. And, and so let's say, you know, you have that type of uh, tax. I mean, how much revenue can be generated from that? I mean, how can you make sure that there's enough revenue generated? And I know earlier or in the paper, maybe you didn't state it, but in the paper it says, you know, okay, we find out how much money you need, and that's how you determine what the percent of the tax is. Is that correct? Yeah, well, the, the, uh, the tax is simple math. It's third-grade math, numerator divided by nominator. The numerator is the budget. So unless you grossly underestimate the denominator, and we're taking that 50% you know, cut, that you're going to balance the budget. Because <laughs> the budget is the numerator. That you, that the only way, and that's the beauty of this, is that it balances the budget. Yeah, you would love to have a balanced budget of management because – and let's just say that it's not worst-case scenario, and you see a big surplus that first year – Oh, they're just going to add a trillion dollars to the budget the next year. I mean, we know how government works. It's not going to solve that problem. But the, the, because it's simple math, you have not a 74,000-page, not a 100-page, not a one-page tax code, a, not a one-paragraph tax code. It's one sentence, and it's this. The tax is budget divided by the number of transactions. That's the rate. Simple as that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so it would be smaller than a postcard. It'd be more like a posted note. Yeah, it's it's one sentence. <laughs> it, it's, it's literally one Just sentence. There a little humor Here in there. it is. <laughs> um, now it's not that obviously you you need to be somebody. I, I have to emphasize this point. You need an economist that can calculate transactions in a Bank of International Settlements. So that's where all the transactions. I mean, I'm not an economist. Well, I know e- economics, but I. I could not look in there and calculate that number. But that's one of the reasons why we take the 50%. Now, what we did on the deposits is that we tried to make it more, um, you know, current because, you know, 2005, you know, that's 15 years ago. That's before, not, not 11 years ago, but it's also before the uh, financial crisis. So, so what uh, William Herman did when I called him is that – he just used normal growth rates in GDP, so that 856 goes up to one quadrillion. So you take your 50% um, because we're only doing one half under the original transaction tax, you know, because it was both sides. Since now we're only doing one side, you're going to knock that in half. That takes you to 500 trillion. You're taking out the 35% of the, the financial transactions that uh, I mentioned earlier. Get you down to 325 trillion, and of course we're going to keep that behavioral change of 50 percent down to 162 trillion. Now the budget was 
3.7 trillion in 2013 or 2015. Uh, 2013. That gives you a rate of 2.28%. So if you make $50,000, your tax is going to be $1,140. That's a 90% saving. Yeah, it's a little more than $280, but it's still a significant. It's paid in real time. You're not filling out tax returns. You don't have to try and figure out what is a deduction. Do I qualify for this exemption? Am I going to get audited? You don't do anything because it's paid when you're uh, deposited into your uh, bank account. Now, there's one thing that can happen. You can be taxed twice. Like, let's say you got, you know, you had a, your direct deposit into your bank account, and then you make another, you know, for your investment. You would get taxed twice in that scenario, but you can easily set up to have it de- deposited automatically. So, I mean, it's flexible that way. Um, there's also the issue of, you know, how collateral treated, that kind of thing. Um, so there might, there might be an adjustment there, but it's paid in real time. Um, it balances the budget, and it's simple, and everyone has skin in the game because you also have the underground economy. You know, even the drug people deposit money. If you were paying in cash, you do, if, like if you were, somebody might want to say, okay, well, I'm going to do a cash society. Well, I, I'm not. I don't think Goldman Sachs is going to be flying airplanes of cash to try and avoid the tax. It'd be like cutting your uh, nose off to spite your face. But um, circulation of cash is about 2.7 times before it goes in and out of the banking system. So anytime there's a withdrawal, like at an ATM, you could multiply the rate by 2.7 to to make up for that. Uh, But overall, it's simple. Um, It's progressive, not in the rates, but in the units of the base because the people that can uh, make the most deposits pay most tax, and of course that's going to be rich people. So, and the best way, as with any plan, is to take you know what you're paying now and what you would be paying under the new system, which is better. I, I can't imagine anybody's going to say the current system is better unless you're somehow getting money back. I mean, and I don't mean not paying zero percent because even people that um, you know the low income that get earned income credits, yeah, your federal rate's going down, but you're still paying the Social Security and uh, the wage tax, and that's 7.45%. You're not getting rid of that. And people... And we're definitely going to continue more of the... And we're definitely going to continue more of the conversation, but I do want to get our caller in, uh, and mm-hmm. I've got some more questions, uh, too, but I do want to give caller uh, area code 954. We'll get you in. Uh, but first, let's hear from the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team, grassroots, conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And definitely, folks, check out the Twitter team at the Patriot Journalist Network. Check out the website at www.patriotjournalist.com. And so let's go ahead and, uh, you know, I'll continue with uh, a couple questions I have. Excuse me, there's uh, definitely a term I want uh, to tell us more about. But first, let's go ahead and bring in our caller from area code 954. Uh, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? 
Hello? Excuse me. Hello. Your mic is open. Yes, I'll be very brief. Uh, I would like to know, uh, is he aware that there are hidden taxes that we're paying that are against the U.S. Constitution under Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1? The Immigration Act of 1965 requires that every American pay a tax to everyone who crosses that border to the tune of billions of dollars a day from millions of them. And this is why the Convention of States is trying to get a constitutional amendment to require Congress to balance the budget, which I have told them that's not going to balance the budget. If you want to even attempt to do that, you've got to know what your budget is. You don't know what your budget is if thousands of people come across your border every day and you got to take care of them. So that's one of my concerns is that we are in violation. No, Congress is in violation. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1, they have been stealing from American taxpayers since the Cuban vote list and the Mexicans and all of that. And now we've established nations within this nation that's paid for only with American tax dollars. I don't think that any system, if you have to do that, you're never going to balance the budget. And that's what i got to say about that. Hello? Hey, David, would you like to answer no. that? Or? Yeah, sure. We're here. Uh, uh, I'll answer that. Um, and that's our good friend, tax- Christina. Go ahead. <laughs> the purpose of the tax code is simply for the government to raise the money it needs at the lowest cost uh, lowest cost. Um, it's not going to solve that problem. I mean, the budget is going to be what Congress, the Senate, gives to the president. That's going to be the budget. This will not force them. I mean, it's not going to solve their math problems. It's not going to solve that problem. It's not going to present or prevent, excuse me, another financial crisis. All that's going to do is make it simpler to collect the revenue it needs, you know, to protect our rights. And it's only going to be as good as the input put in. So, yeah, if they're underestimating their budget, then, yeah, they're going to be, there's not going to be enough money. I'm assuming that these people can add and that they're putting in a budget. My, my, worry, my worry is the other way. See, I don't think that it's going to be a 50% decrease in the base. I think there's going to be such a surplus that first year, that second year that they're going to be, oh, this windfall, they're just going to spend it on something else. That That's my concern. I don't know how well, my, much money. My, my concern is that uh, we, in the U.S. Constitution, we owe no debt to any foreign city. We absolutely owe no debt to them at all. And I've already been to U.S. District Court with this. They actually have to pay those taxes back to American taxpayers that they have used for non-citizens, that's got to be paid back. That has got to be paid back to every one of us who inherited before 1965 that's already in court. So I say to you, when you put stuff in your budget that you are not constitutionally allowed to do, when you take on a debt that you don't have, well, darn it, you're just not going to get very far. And this is what's been happening to America for all these years. Not only does it, it cause a, a, a unbalanced budget, it's also actually destroying America with our money. We're paying our tax dollars to other people to come here and establish their nation with our tax dollars. 15 or 20 years, they're going to own our nation through us. Pay 
paying them to come here and take it over. See, I'm looking at not just the, the financial aspect, but the common sense aspect. Do you need a Constitution to tell you that you cannot have an act on your book that's not even in the Constitution? The Immigration Act that causes this of 65 is an amendment to it that was never ratified by the states, nor was it passed by two-thirds of Congress. It was a federal court and Tip O'Neill and President Johnson. But we're letting the opinion of two people add billions of dollars a day to, to American taxpayers for something that they don't have a constitutional duty to do. And I say to you, you can come up with all your numbers and all your cute stuff, but if you don't know, it's just like your budget at home. You've got to know what your bottom line is. So if you start using drugs, now you don't know what your bottom line is, so you're never going to balance it. If everybody in the world can walk across that border and six months later they got a check for $30,000 for the rest of their life, over and over, and then they keep breeding and breeding and breeding, that's why our balance about budget is out of balance, and it's going to stay that way until somebody is brave enough to step up to the plate and, and stop this, return those people back to state power, stop, don't give not one other dime for not one thing, not even health care, food stamps, nothing. And then they steal. The, the FBI has been busting right and left, stealing millions from food stamps. Last year they busted stealing billions and billions and billions from Medicare. That's what keeps your budget out of darn balance. If you wouldn't do stuff like that, you'd have a better chance of getting in there and being able to keep a balanced budget. But if you don't know what's going to come out of it, by golly, I don't see how you, out with all the fancy talk, none of that fancy talk is going to help you if you are taking on debts that you don't have to do. Well, I, well, well I, my answer to that is there is no tax code that will – Install, install common sense into anybody. It is. <laughs> well, you're right. I mean, it isn't. I mean, what you're talking about is enforcing the law. I mean, that's up to us to hold uh, politicians accountable. Now, I'm not saying I'll oh, give up the balanced budget because this theoretically should solve it. Yeah, all that all this will do is raise the money that they're putting in that numerator. That doesn't mean that numerator is right. That's still up to we, the voter. All the tax code is going to do is make it simpler to collect it, not only because, I mean, they're also saving on enforcement, and you don't not going to need an IRS to enforce, you know, process these returns. You know, this guy's a tax sheet, that guy's a tax sheet. Does he need to be audited? It's paid in real time. Now, they're not going to like it for that reason. They're going to not like it. It's going to take power out of their hands. I mean, I, I have no doubt in my mind that the worst law ever passed in this country was the 16th Amendment. No single law has done more damage to this nation than that one because it just made an open checkbook. Um, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And 10 years from now, under this system, it'll be $30 trillion in debt. I, I agree with everything you're saying. Believe me, I've been sitting here listening, and I've agreed with, but I just got to tell you, if you've got something in your budget you can't control, it's going to get bigger and bigger and uglier and uglier until you're flat broke. And that is exactly what has happened to this country. We, we're doing something that no other country does. No other country allows their budget to get out of balance because they're spending billions of dollars a day on millions of people that they don't have to spend money for. That's all I'm going to tell. I done told Congress and I done told uh, Trump them and I done told uh, the Convention of States until you get a hold of you know what's in your budget. How are you going to balance the budget? You don't even know what's in it. 
you've got a person that was in your budget. You can get all the fancy talk you want, but if you don't know what's in the budget, I, I fail to see how you can balance it. And this is very important for people to understand. And this is elementary school stuff that we learned back in the 50s. It's Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1. It says the United States is only allowed to levy tax for the welfare of Americans. You can't levy it for someone if they weren't born here. But they're doing it because of the Immigration Act of 65, and it's just totally out of control. Everything walking across the border by the thousands a day. And before it's over, and what? Three to six months, they got a debit card with tens of thousands of dollars. And how are you going to balance a budget like that? And it's growing and growing and growing. they up in these apartments, spitting out babies and, and propagating and breeding every time they breathe. It costs us more money. So how are you going to balance a budget like that? you got about 20, 30 million people getting billions of dollars a day, and you can't stop it. And even though you have no constitutional right, no debt, we owe no debt to any foreign citizen. It's the Congress who wants to continue it. And Republicans know better. I've told them already. I was there three times last year telling them this. And I've told everybody who ran for office, some of them called me because I'm a constitutional consultant. And I told every one of them the same thing I'm telling you. Until you get a handle on who come into your country and who can get in your checkbook, then you're not going to balance anything. If thousands of people a day can come in there and start taking money, well, then shame on you. Shame <laughs> on you trying to balance the budget because you'll never do it. Well, that's, that's, it's, I, that's pretty much go ahead, Dave. nothing else to say. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Give, give, give him a minute, uh, uh, Christine. <laughs> Let him go ahead and respond. Uh, unfortunately, well, yeah. th- this will not solve that problem. I mean, if you look at the the Constitution, the income tax was illegal. They did not put a tax on income. The founding fathers are so adamant against an income tax because they saw exactly what would happen. Uh, individual liberty would be taken away and going to the state. Now, no tax code is going to force uh, a politician to do their job. I mean, their job is to follow the law. This isn't going to do that. Well, what could happen is if you put in a budget and let's say it's off, we're like, well, how can you be so off on that budget? Then we can start holding them account, um, accountable about actually how they're calculating that number. But the problem is only about 38% of us pay attention to what's going on. The other 62% show up once every four years on a slogan. What you need is for those other 62% people to be paying attention all the time, and that's what they count on, and, and they're right. I mean these, they may be crooks. They may be they're, – they're smart, though. They know how to win elections, and they know how to make calculated risk, and they know that the majority of the people don't know what Article 1, Section 1, Number 8 you just mentioned. If five people know that, I'd be surprised. Well, you know, like I say, and then I've got to go out and be very, very quick here. Um, I understand everything you're saying, but there is no tax code or anything in the Constitution that allows them to do it. So they're not really taking a risk. They're just playing out stealing. So here's what you do to stop Congress from doing it. You apply, write it down, you apply Article 1, Section 6, Clause 2, and you arrest them. It allows Congress to be arrested for treason. When they do anything that's not in that Constitution, back in the day of Senator McCarthy and all of them, 
other Congress people would call for the arrest of their colleagues for doing stuff like this. The state, when you got back to your state, they would have a warrant ready for you to appear at a hearing. The FBI would arrest the whole office. That was back in the day. But you see, after Senator McCarthy died and President Johnson and Tip O'Neill start bringing the Cubans and all them people and putting them on the tax road, and I never will forget it. Johnson said we are not supposed to do this, but we are going to pay the American people their tax dollars back with interest. It never happened. It's at the point now where it's all up in the trillions of dollars that they owe us in return tax, and I know it because I just went through a case like that in U.S. District Court. It was count two. It was count two of my claim against Obama and his executive order, which my cases were used to help block his little tiny. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm coming from stop paying stuff you don't have to pay. Then you can look at, at what am I doing here? But if you got stuff, you you got to budget yourself. If you start using drugs, you're through because you can't balance it because you don't know what you want to spend. It's the same thing with a government. You've got to know what you can spend and what you can't spend. If you got something out of control that some unconstitutional law is making you do, then you nullify that law and you go back to common sense. As you said, we can't legislate it, but you, you're wrong. We can legislate uh, common sense. Article 1, Section 6, Clause 2, start calling for congressional hearings again. And I done told it, the, the uh, Convention of States, see, they're powerful. Now, the people can call for this, but they ain't going to listen up. But somebody like the Convention of States, if they start applying that clause again, Congress might get scared. They're not scared. Of, you think they're scared of Article 5. They laugh at that. But when I be on that phone talking to them, because the, not only do the Congress people get arrested, the whole staff, when they, when they pull that up on the computer and see it, you can hear a rat spitting on cotton on Venus. That's the only thing that's scared is, is the fear of the state. The government, the convention, say to people learning that they can arrest them when they get home. It says it clearly. In other places, you can be arrested if you've written some old treasonous mess. And so that's the only way. I, this is what I see. You first got to stop paying for debts that you don't owe by the triggers, and then you might be able to make some sense. But right now, none of it's going to make any sense because there's too many thousands of people come every day, and they, every one of them wants $50,000 a year for free. So, you know, and, and it's growing. And I, as we're speaking, those numbers are growing. Take that out of the budget, all them 50, 20 million people out of the budget, billions of dollars, then we might make some sense. But right now, we're not making any sense at all. So I would talk a little longer, but I have another call to make. I'm on another show tonight. So let me get to their show. But if the young man wants to talk to me, I'm at 954-770-4940. So see, people like him are very important. It's very important that he realize that they're throwing this hidden tax in our face, a hidden unconstitutional tax. And Senator McCarthy say, if it's not in the Constitution, it's nothing but communism. That's what he said, Democrat communist propaganda. So once he figured that out, he can call me, and I'll tell him even more, this is, this is stuff that we're not supposed to be paying. Now, when he figures that out, being who he is, we might get some help around here. When one of the good tax people figure out these people been putting this hidden tax on us, no one even realizes that we're being made to pay a tax to every foreigner that come across that border. 
when you get those things in mind, that he can put that in perspective with what he, he's doing, and maybe we can make some sense, especially if he put Article 1, Section 6, Clause 2 in it and start calling for their arrest for what they're doing with Amendment 16, the tax code. Anything that, that's not in that Constitution, if they're doing it with Amendment 16, they can be called in, ask this time, why are you doing this? Well, there's one fellow right now from Georgia. He's in Georgia State Prison for doing just that. He wrote some laws in the state of Georgia in the county that weren't in the Constitution, and those people were awake, and they called him out. He's doing time for sedition. You don't want to try him on treason because Congress is the one who sets the, the uh, punishment for treason, so you might get out of it. That's why they tried him on sedition under state law. So if you need to talk to me about this, this this the most worst thing I've ever heard of, this hidden tax of paying to everybody coming across their board, it's 954-770-4940. I'm Christine Timmon. I have several congressional accolades, and also I have a couple of gold seal awards from uh, former President George W. Bush. So y'all have a nice night. Uh, okay, I, I have that. You too. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Go ahead, okay, David. And, and the show was great. I, I really enjoyed everything he said. Every, it's just perfect. He just needs to add that to his equation. And then, oh, that will scare the bejeebles out of everybody if he adds that to the equation. They'll be scared to death. But anyway, we'll talk later. Right. Um, talk later. Enforcing the law. Enforcing the law is certainly a great thing, but that that's not what she's talking about. It's not the purpose of the tax code. The tax code is to raise the money, not determine how it's spent. That's a totally separate issue, and this or no, nothing will replace that. Right, that's up to us to pay attention to what our con- – that's like we are now. Are they doing their jobs? Uh, I think we could all say it seems like everybody but our own are doing their job because every one of these people get reelected. So it must be like, yeah, my guy's great. The other 534 stake. It's unbelievable how they always win. And it was interesting. She mentioned um, a hidden tax. There's another hidden tax, inflation. This will not solve that problem either. I mentioned earlier that the dollar has lost 96% of its value. Now, part of that is with the Fed. I, I mentioned the Fed in the paper. It came in the same year, even though they're not related, but they certainly seem to work hand in hand. I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence that the dollar has lost 96% of its value. I mean, you think about that. It takes $22 to buy today what a dollar bought in 1913. But yet somehow we're told how everything is so hunky-dory and that Hillary Clinton's going to go out and say, yeah, rich, isn't, rich aren't paying enough, and these morons are going to buy it and vote for her, and nothing's going to change because we both know any tax increase to the rich gets passed on somehow. Either prices go up, uh, they pay us less, they cut a benefit. I mean, what happened in uh, 2008? I can tell you what happened to me. My employer knocked my 401k match down a couple of percent. Never, that never came back, even though supposedly the economy is better. I didn't get that 1% back. Did you? If you got a cut, I'll bet most people <laughs> didn't. No, and they, uh, I can't remember what the figure was, but I know when they did the, the bailouts, and they said instead of bailing you know, for the economy, instead of bailing out all these uh, businesses such as GM things of that nature, how mm-hmm. about giving each one of the taxpayers that money back? See, see how see how much they could have spent to re, you know, revitalize the economy. Oh, I was I was one of the uh, I was the uh, I was certainly one of the people who said instead of you know stimulus spending, 
tax holiday for a year. Nobody pays taxes for a year. That would have stimulated the economy. You still had the same debt. I mean, you had to raise debt to pay for the stimulus. At least, the, at least the money's back in our pockets. We decide what to do instead of giving it to AIG, GM, or some other uh, crony that's uh, giving money to their PACs. I would certainly would have went for that uh, tax holiday. I think we would have been a lot better off than what happened. Screw something up. No, not here, but I'm talking <laughs> about uh, on one of my postings. I wanted to put, uh, you know, the the like, and I actually put angry, so I need to change that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, and, and you mean that was uh, – who just spoke with, uh, she became on the show a lot. Guys, she knows a heck of a lot about the Constitution. That's Christine Timmons. Yeah, she, uh, we've had her on the like show a number Lord. of times. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, Proquem something or, or other. Uh, I can't remember what the, the, the phrase of it is, but she studied, you know, law for, you know, many years. Yeah. And she's, you know, done a lot of court cases, you know, been in front of, did a lot of court cases, uh, things of that nature. I would like to tell her that this would solve that problem, but it will not. I mean, it, all it will do is take out all those loopholes. It will certainly cut down on lobbyists and special interests because they get around everything through the tax code. Once you get rid of that, um, it will knock some of that out, but it's not going to – it isn't going to solve the problem of making sure that numerator, the budget, is 100% accurate. It's not going to do that. We still need to be on our heels and pay attention. During election season. Well, you know, I tried to post something here on uh, Newsmax comments for an, an article they have, and I don't think they're letting me do it. And so join the discussion. Now, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Well, it looks yeah, it looks like they didn't uh, they didn't like. Well, I put a link on it. Maybe that's what they didn't like. Um, and so <laughs> it says this this thing is being. Uh, you know, pending or whatever. It was on there for like four minutes, and then I went to edit it, and then I went, I edited it, and then it said, "Well, wait," and then now it's not allowing me to do that. Okay, we'll be uh, discussing that. I just find it interesting uh, what the topic is. It says why Newt, why Newt Gingrich uh, for VP is pure genius, and I think that this falls in line, uh, you know, with a petition we have here actually. Uh, supporting that uh, notion and the, and the picture they have on their Newsmax is interesting as well because it's actually uh, I guess taken from some other pictures that uh, we've used as well uh, to promote the uh, petition. But one thing you mentioned, uh, you know, two things because I see it's getting about the top of the hour and I do see uh, someone wants to uh, else wants to chime in. I think that's uh, our good friend John uh, like to come in. Uh, but first, uh, before we do that. Uh, you still got uh, more time uh, to stay with us, David? I do. Or? I do. Okay, great. Well, let's go ahead and uh, bring John in. I believe that's uh, our Skype caller here. John, is that you on the line? Yes, sir. All right, great. Hi, John. How you doing? Well, then, uh, John, David, David, John, thank you very much, uh, John, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing fine. Thank you, Robert. Sounds like you guys are doing well. Yes, yes, I'm indeed. And I've got a. Um, yeah, and I've got some programming things to work on. So, John, uh, the mic is yours. Go ahead. Yes, uh, appreciate you joining the show, David. And this sure. transactional um, tax, I'm not sure I followed you correctly, but um, you were saying like if if you had an income of like fifty grand, 
your mm-hmm. trans you the each transaction you would pay a certain amount, but the 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 total amount of tax you would pay would actually go down. Well, if it's based on the number of transactions that you do, then how can you figure out what that amount is? Because you don't really know how many transactions you're going to do throughout the year, or am I missing something? Well, yeah, I mean, 50000 like I'm just using your income, that's the number of transactions you're doing. You can't do more unless somebody – Unless you get an inheritance or somebody gives you money. Now, if you had an investment and it earned dividends, yeah, you would pay more on that too. But yeah, the but example hey, I gave was your income. Yeah, but what you're losing me on is you're saying fifty thousand is your transactions. I mean, how do you know how many number of transactions fifty thousand no. represents? No, no, no. That's the uh, that's what gets deposited in. You figure that that's technically. 50,000 transactions. Each transaction is basically like a dollar. So it would be so 50,000 times the rate of 2.28%. That's what we calculated. So you would pay $1,140. Wait, so each transaction is considered a dollar? Well, you can think of it as a unit. Basically, the way the rate that I came up with was taking the budget which was 3.7 trillion the base was 162.5 trillion 2.28% per I'm sorry it's 2 2.28% on every dollar so you've had $50,000 times 2.28% well, hold on no but what one person at a time guys <laughs> yeah but what you're Go losing ahead. me on David is, is you're yeah. you're equating a dollar amount for a unit, and then you're transacting per unit based on a dollar amount for a percentage. You're back to the same thing we're doing now, basically. It's a if every unit is represented as a dollar, you're still present you're still taking a percentage of every dollar. It's right. semantics. Well, two point two eight percent is a lot less than fifteen percent, isn't it? Yeah, if you're talking apples and apples, but you were saying it's per transaction. Well, if it's per transaction, one transaction might be $5,000. Another transaction might be $5. There's so what's that the total? Is, what, what's, your total of, what's your total transaction? Depends on what I'm buying at that particular time. No, no. Because if I'm buying it's a boat, what, the boat's what you're going to cost me a whole lot more than if I'm buying a bagel. Hold on. No. Hey, guys. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, one person talk at a time, guys. Like that. You know, when when I'm watching, you know, I, I listen to, um, you know, for the show, you know, a lot of talk radio and stuff on that drives me nuts and people talk over each other. So, please, mm-hmm. let's let's not talk over each other here. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to have that here. Um, so, one one person at a time, please. Uh, go okay. ahead, uh, you know, because you're our guest. Go ahead, David, and then we'll bring it back to you, John. Okay. Thank you. Let me uh, – I, I think the confusion is um, it's based on what gets deposited into your financial institution. So what I took I used was $50,000. Let's say that's your income. Your boss or whoever you work for direct deposits $50,000 into your account. That's what the tax is paid on. Does that make yeah, it clear? It's the tax based on the – I'm sorry. Is is the tax based on the amount of fifty thousand dollars, or just a per transaction fee? No, no. The the original was the transaction fee. 
but because of the impact it would have on the financials, the currencies, derivatives, uh, we change it to the deposit. So you're knocking your base down the half. So it's not 50000 in, 50000 out like originally. It's whatever is deposited. So if you had 50000 deposited into your account, under the calculation I give, you uh, use 2.28% for a total of 1140 Now, let's say your investment account, you know, you got $1,000 in dividends. Well, you would pay another 1,000 times 2.28% and so on. Anything that gets deposited into a financial institution is when the tax is paid. So no I use 50000 oh, No. Doesn't matter if it's consum- doesn't matter what you do with it. It's just what comes in. You can put it under your mattress. You know, you you buy your clothes. You buy any consumption. You invest it. It, it doesn't matter. It's based on the deposit into the institution. So what if you don't bank? Oh, how 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 are you gonna? So how you uh, how would you get? Do you, how would you get paid? Cash from your employer. I, I don't. I don't know many employers that pay cash. Uh, they may try to do it. Uh, it's smaller, but I don't think the uh, the Goldman Sachs of the world are going to go totally cash. Plus, you still have the cash. You have to get the cash from somewhere. Yeah, from either your customers whenever they pay you for the service that you render to them, or from your employer when they pay you each time they pay you for your week's wages. So it sounds to me like you think we're going to go totally away from electronic and back to a cash-only society. That's the only way that could happen. Well, I'm posing the question because it sounds like your thing only works on electronic transactions. Yeah, I mean, you would have to – it's based on that so much of our economy is based electronically. I don't see that changing, especially when you compare this to what we have now. Let's Let's say you're right. Nobody uses electronics anymore. Everything is cash. Then you're going to go back to the old way, and you'd be back to where you were 100 years ago. Not very efficient. It's like cutting your face, uh, cutting your nose off to spite your face. Yeah, now let's say, you know, uh, waiter, you know, servers and restaurants, that could be beneficial to them. I mean, if they could get paid in cash, but you're talking about such a small amount that would not have an impact. I mean, most of the transactions are made by, you know, big business, big everything. Um, I don't see that going. I don't see those businesses going around in cash and bars of gold to avoid the tax. And that's part of the reason why there's the 50% uh, adjustment for things like that. There's no way that the economy could operate cutting it back by more than 50%. It just can't happen. You'd have a depression. Yeah, I, I guess I'll have to just look at your white paper, but I don't. I, it's hard for me to follow the way you're explaining it, and that's just because of the way I parse information. That doesn't mean that <laughs> it's just I don't understand it the way you're explaining. <laughs> yeah, just remember. Well, and the link is available to the white paper, John. We've got uh, you know we've got a link to it on the. Uh, description page here on uh, Blog Talk Radio, uh, so check it out. And for those who'd like to follow the show, there is a follow button there 
on Blog Talk Radio. So you'll get periodic emails uh, from me, you know, when the new show uh, or previously uh, show is, is on uh, when the podcast is available. So go, go ahead, John. And I do have two more callers on. We've got Cindy on the line as well as another Skype caller, and I'll be doing some call screening on that. Uh, so go ahead, John, and then uh, we'll finish that up, and then we'll go ahead and bring in uh, Cindy. I do have an audio clip that I'm going to play in a little while. Uh, it's a, an article that I've seen. I, I don't know, uh, David, how much of a Glenn Beck uh, fan you are, uh, but it is something from Glenn Beck, one of his, uh, you know, what I guess a guest that he had on. Uh, I think you folks are going to find it interesting. Uh, we'll talk more about that. Uh, but let's go ahead and get, uh, bring you guys back to your conversation. But uh, let know that, oh, well, we just lost that Skype caller. Uh, just uh, Skype caller, give us a call back at 347-945-7428. Push the one on the number dial. Uh, we'll get you in unless you were not interested in talking on the show. Uh, but we also <laughs> send in some other callers. Just push the one on your uh, number dial uh, when you're ready to get in. Go ahead, uh, John David. Yeah, well, David, uh, I mean, I wasn't wanting to um, suggest that we were totally going to get rid of all electronic transactions. However, I'm sure reality is more practical that we're going to continue having a hybrid right now for the present current time. But the gist of what I got, if I understood correctly, is that the transactions for, like, deposits or in big institutions would be taxed at a transaction of 2.28% of whatever the value of the transaction is. That's pretty much just of what I got, but that don't, I don't think I really understood it. Yeah, uh, that, let me clear that up. The, the, the rate is any deposit, not just big institutions. It could be, it could be a $2 deposit. It's any deposit into a U.S. financial institution. That's when the tax is paid. Think of, uh, think of direct deposit. When, you're, when your company deposits your check into your account, what do you do? You go online. You see the money in your account. That's when the tax is paid. You have a taxpayer account that's linked to every account in a U.S. financial institution, um, they don't know where it comes. The tax is paid just the dollars, not the source. So the government doesn't know. It protects your privacy. They don't know where it comes. Just know they know that anytime the deposit is made, tax is paid. Paid in real time, that's it. No forms, uh, no deductions, no audits, no nothing. Um, now, there are going to be some people who probably will try to use more cash, keep it in circulation, to avoid the tax. There's, there's no doubt about that, but that's one of the reasons why we have this 50% cut in base to account for stuff like that. I hope I cleared it up. Uh, not for me, but then that's okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm, that's I'm, why we got the white papers. You can actually see it. And see, you can actually see it. With that, and that's what the white papers are, uh, to actually see it in, in print. Uh, and we'll bring it back to this, but I do want to get Cindy. Uh, looks like her Skype caller didn't call back in. Perhaps they didn't want to be call screen. Uh, <laughs> maybe just let make some comments. I don't know. Uh, but maybe uh, just get disconnected, which is probably most probable. Okay, that was redundant. Let's go ahead and get Cindy in here. Uh, thank you very much, Cindy, for calling to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Here's our um, other friend welcome. from Florida. 
Yes. Oh. Um, welcome to the show. Um, glad you're here, and thank you for this discussion, and thank you for um, you know bringing out uh, another idea because we definitely have to do away with the one we've got now. Um, I have a couple of questions. Um, does my employer have access to my checking account in any way? No. During, what under, they have that, no, it, the only difference is that there's a government, the taxpayer account is linked to your bank. So when your employer de- deposits your check to your bank, that's it for them. That's still going to be the case. The only difference is that 2.28% tax would be paid simultaneously. So instead of getting 100% of their money, you're getting 98 point whatever versus whatever we get now, what, 80% when all the other taxes are taken out? So you're getting 98 point or 97 point 68. Is that my math right? 62, 72, 98.70 instead of 100%. But yes, to answer okay. your question, nothing's different for your employer. Okay, so he he can't. Well, I don't. I don't. First of all, I'm a housewife. I don't. I'm okay. I'm a homeschooler. I I pay mm-hmm. out. I don't. <laughs> nobody pays me. No, so, okay. <laughs> um, but, but not only like, does I, I, let me. I was working I make one at one time. Oh. Oh. I make one other point. Go ahead. Not only does your employer not know, but the government doesn't know where you got it. It's just automatically paid into the government. So, so that, that's that's one of the uh, selling points of the deposits. Is it's anonymous to the bank. They can't track what or to the government. They 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 can't track what you're doing. Now, some people are going to say, "Oh, you're going to." terrorism and anti-money laundering and all that. Well, that's not the purpose of the tax code. If the government needs the, the IRS to track these people down, we're in trouble. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you're relying on that to find out where criminals are, and you're penalizing a significant percent of the people just because five people might be terrorists. But yeah, so your employer, well, it doesn't affect your employer. Government doesn't know where it comes from. Well, that that wouldn't make sense either. For uh, that doesn't make sense to me either that the government uses uh, the tax system to get to catch criminals because then oh. what it does is it leaves you open to what uh, what happened the last couple of years with conservative um, uh, uh, tax-free uh, organizations being um, targeted. So I mean that you yep. know that that that. That's already happening. So, so that's the benefit of the uh, the transaction tax on deposits. It solves that problem because they don't know where the money's coming from. Okay. Um, now, what about um, you know this uh, the cash thing? I mean, if, if I wanted to get a check and cash part of my check <laughs> on the way home from work. And under this system, I couldn't do that. I've got to go. Well, my my employer is going to put it in the bank, and then I have to go drive to the bank some other time uh, to pull it out after it's. Well, been. no, I'm I'm using oh, I'm using direct deposit because that's how most people get paid now. Now your question is, what if somebody's paying you in in, uh, in a check and you go make a deposit to the bank? Is that what your question is? Uh huh. Yeah. Am I am I allowed to make my own deposit? I mean, does it oh, have yeah. to be my? Oh yeah. If you were here? to go. 
No, no. If you were to go there, if you go to the teller, or I guess we do it with the phone now, you scan your check, the tax will be it's treated the same way, that you pay the tax. As soon as they take your check, deposit it into, that in, into the institution, tax is paid. It's linked to your account, not the source. You could go and deposit actual cash, same thing. Yeah. Well, uh, could could they in the in the like, for instance, uh, all the other? I I happen to be uh, I'm leaning towards the national sales tax myself, but I mean that's even not foolproof because they can always raise the percentage that I'm paying every time I go make a purchase. So, um, you know, there there it just seems to me they're still going to find a way to raise that percentage so much that you end up paying the same thing you did. They are getting more revenue, but we're paying and and but and we're paying more taxes one way or the other. Uh, I, is there a, I mean, is there any built-in regulation as as far as how much they can actually um get for this transaction? No, this this will not solve that problem. Um like uh, no tax system will solve that problem. But one of the uh, beauty is, of it is that it's a, a formula, numerator divided by denominator. Numerator is the budget. So they're going to raise the rate. That means the budget's bigger. So we can say, well, what are you spending that money on? That that's how you well, would know. But yeah, they could still they could they could yeah they could say you know what our the budget's four trillion. Well, we had a little bit of surplus. Let's make it five trillion this year. Yeah, they could absolutely do that. But you will know. Well, we know now, but that doesn't stop them anyway. I mean, people are just sleeping, and they're not paying attention. So I, I just see that until the people of the United States wake up and start participating in their government and holding their politicians accountable, um, checking their voting records, and uh, confronting them on things that they have voted for and confronting them on things that need to be changed uh, in, in order to to get this madness under control, um, until that happens, I see us not having any solution at all whatsoever because this is a government of the people, for the people, and by the people. And by golly, if the people aren't in it, doing it, by it, for it, um, then it, it it's left to those people up there in Washington to do whatever the heck they want to. And they've had a free reign for so long, I I don't... I don't see them allowing. I mean, I see how they block the election conservative candidates uh, spending millions of dollars to defeat conservatives and smear campaigns um, to defeat some of these. Uh, I look at what McConnell and um, those guys did to Matt Bevan and, um, you know, other people like him are losing because uh, – their common sense, and nobody wants to have that up in Washington. They want their pork barrel spending, and they want their um, their perks, and they want to make their millions when they go up there, uh, and they want to have their lifelong uh, pension plan, and, you know, they want all that stuff. And if they allow conservative um, politicians to go in up there and the people back home aren't paying attention that uh, it's just not going to happen. So, to me, our tax system is not really the problem. It's us. 
it's the people not getting involved and not doing their job as as citizens. We're not doing our duty. And I think Christine kind of said that the best because here we are allowing this hidden tax uh, to tax us for billions of dollars every year, uh, and not not a single person even knows about it. Let let alone uh, call up their uh, senators and and representatives and doing anything about it. So I mean, do you agree with that? That you know we're just you know a tax plan may not actually help us. <laughs> My point. Yeah. As far uh, as did, I know. did you uh, lose your yeah, call and then I come, did. I lost the call and called back. So I missed part of the Yeah, call. I've got you back in. Oh, well. Okay. Yeah, we lost the – I don't know if something happened. We, we, we lost a number of calls, actually. Uh, so hopefully they'll be uh, be calling back in. But, yeah, we, we actually lost a couple of calls. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, David. Yeah, I got the gist from the end there that uh, it's, 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 it, this isn't a miracle. It's not going to make people smarter. It's not going to make – politicians more honest it's not going to do that what it's going to do is make it simplest way to collect revenue which is lowest cost to us the taxpayer now because it's a math formula it will cut out you know the loopholes you know all the special all that stuff we can't see that's in those 74,000 plus pages because let's face it how many of those pages apply to us 20 what are the other 73,000 plus? It's for stuff like you're talking about. So it'll make that more transparent. But, uh, but in terms of enforcing the law or things like uh, the immigration, uh, it will stop taxes to solve that. But it will make it uh, simpler, save us from doing t- – if you have to hire an accountant to do your taxes, you're saving your money there. For that. I mean, is it the best system? Well, it's the best one I've seen so far. It doesn't mean two years from now it'll be a better one. Could be. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's just like, you know, there's a lot of good plans out there to simplify things that will get rid of the IRS. You know, there's a lot of I, – I, I don't know if you heard me or not, but I'm actually a proponent of the uh, the national sales tax. But as, as, you already tax, stated, there's, as you already stated, that's, you know – Somebody, you can keep raising that and raising that until you can't afford it too. So, the problem with the sales tax is it still has to be enforced by somebody. So businesses are still going to of uh, you know remitting the money to the government, which may or may not be a hundred percent. Who knows how much is wasted or well, fraud or, or whatever? Doesn't someone have to uh, follow, uh, Doesn't somebody have to investigate the banks to see if they're nope. uh, reporting? All, all, all you have to do is any time that a financial account is set up, that the taxpayer account is linked to it. Once it's set up, it's automatically paid. Well, that just seems like the government of the United States has a link to my account, and they can get into the information of my account. Now, no. you know, maybe they're not supposed to, but hackers do stuff all the time that they're not supposed to, and that you think they can't do. Uh, uh, unfortunately, as it is, they don't know the source. Only that when a transaction is uh, happens, the tax gets paid. 
they don't know where it comes from. So they can't – they don't know where – like if you deposit your check from uh, you know, XYZ well, company, they don't know that that's where it came from. Your bank but does, they do the see – okay, well they would – they definitely would see when I – they would be able to see where I wrote a check to someone else or I – made a online payment to a credit card company or a, a, you know a, a Amazon thing or whatever you know they would see that coming out of my account um, so the only I mean, they, thing they, they would see the government will not see it coming out of your account what they would see is going into the Amazon account when when you made that when you let's say you bought something on Amazon for two hundred dollars right? So the tax on $200 is $5.60. What they will get is $5.60 from the Amazon financial account. They don't know that it came from you. They have no idea where it came from. Well, okay, but I, I don't know. I, I I just see them being able to hack in and, and looking at my records. I'm, I'm just – I'm wary of that. They can do that not now that the, on anything. I was going to say, not that they can't <laughs> yeah, do it now. Yeah, they can, right. yeah, they can, was, yeah that's something that they can do now, that. certainly. I understand oh, your oh. distrust for government. I don't disagree with that. Um, yeah. But on the taxpayer account, when it's set up, now it doesn't mean that somebody behind the doors is doing something they shouldn't be doing. Um, I, I don't know what's foolproof for that, but the taxpayer account, it's linked just so that any time there is a transaction made, deposited into a financial institution, taxes paid. 2.28%, 2.28% to them, 96.72 to the – that's it. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like a good plan, but like I said, I think um, – I don't think it's going to solve our, our – our chief problem in this country, and that is oh, no. uh, the budget and how people just let their uh, representatives go up there to Washington and spend trillions of dollars without even blinking an eye. We we just we can't allow that anymore, and you can't stop it until the people wake up. Yes, it will not. Yes, it will not stop that. The system can stop that. But when you're taking, you're breaking up there some day, but I, I can't. Yeah, we can't hear you. Go ahead. Oh, uh, uh, my train of thought there. Yeah, it won't solve that. But what it will do is, you know, increase the transparency by getting the put in there. It is numerator that that the changes. I mean, explain well why did you raise it? But yeah, it's up to we the people to pay attention. It's not full. Is going to solve our responsibility of paying attention to what's going on. Yeah, well, I'm waiting for somebody to come up with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a <laughs> maybe an electric shock. That. <laughs> electric shock therapy, maybe. <laughs> Wake up, you idiots! <laughs> your toilet, your country yeah. is going down the toilet. Not going to be people smarter. I. I that promise, yeah. that's for sure. All I can do is make it simpler, easier for you to pay your taxes. Yeah. 
and, and so speaking of taxes, and we want to move on to some other uh, uh, topics. Uh, but real quick, uh, also, David, you, you've been kind of cutting off here and there. I don't know if you moved to five if you're on a cell phone or what have you, uh, but I just want to let you know. Uh, now, okay. if you have the, now, if you ever had the opportunity to uh, look at either uh, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump's tax plan? Not good. Is there a way? You, is there a way you can call back at a different line or something? You're, you're breaking up. I hate to say it, David, really bad. Hey, uh, Robert, let me try calling yeah, back. He might just be yeah, on definitely. Phone. We'll, we'll, are you there? Uh, are you there, John? Yeah, I was suggesting he. I was just suggesting he get off the speakerphone, and then maybe that'll get, you know, help alleviate the yeah. issue. But if he's calling back in, oh, it sounds like, sound like you two were cutting out. Sounds like you two were cutting out a little bit. Well, we've got him back. Let's go ahead and see if that sounds better. Is that is that going to sound better, David? Let's check it out. Uh, I, I, you Are you on speakerphone, David? No, I'm on my cell, but I'm not on speaker. I mean, it's away from oh, my okay. – is that better? That is better. Yeah, that's some better. Oh, because I didn't have the phone actually to my mouth, so maybe that's why. But I usually don't have that issue, but I'll keep it closer. Now, Hillary's plan um, – yeah, I, I just – just, say much. It's hard to know what she does. But I did – I think she – I don't think she's going to be as bad if she was president. Um, I think she's just pandering because she's in for a tough fight right now with Sanders. If she were president, I think she'd be a lot more flexible. Trump's plan seems simpler with the rates, but it's it's still – I mean, you still have the same problem just with a, f- a few less rates. So it seems like uh, it doesn't do away with the IRS? Because it doesn't do away with the IRS, you mean? Well, I mean, you still a tax code that's going to have 75,000 pages. You're just going to have a few less brackets. That's what I got from it. But um, Cruz had, he seemed to be on a good plan. Um, maybe that's what he's doing, the Forbes plan, which is the fat tax. But uh, you know, he's going to... I don't like it about either of these plans is you Project what the revenue is going to be. What if they're wrong? What if those lower rates don't increase economic activity and the base gets bigger? I mean, that's what Trump is going to bring jobs back, lower the rates, the base is going to get bigger, and that'll make. They all say that, and it happens. That's my biggest beef with the income taxes. You just can't predict. Outcomes going to be. I feel like about the transaction tax on deposit is that we're accounting for the worst case scenario by knocking the base down by 50%. But what if I'm wrong and it's only 20% have like a huge surplus? Yeah. Is, is it just well, me or do, I mean, is, is he still breaking up for you guys as well or is that just me? I just want to make sure I got that clear. Yeah, it's he's, still, yeah he's still breaking up. I'm going to try and move around. Um, can you hear me better? <laughs> yeah. Go outside. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe uh... you go in and out. Hey, David. I'm going to go outside. David, 
Who yes. manages these these tax accounts? Who are they set up with? Is this a third party technology corporation that manages them, or, or why? I don't. You know, right now, if you have direct deposit, your company sends the money directly to your bank account. So you what could use. The way you, the technology that credit card companies, so you could probably hire a credit card company to to use the technology that already exists on how they do their transactions. You, you create the link to the taxpayer account. Once it's set up, that's it. So that would take definitely take some work. I mean, you're going to probably let's if it passed today, it would probably take at least a year just to have the new system up. But uh, that's how it would be. You would use the technology that already exists, probably from a credit card company or however they, whoever sets theirs up, you would have the same people that would set the taxpayer account up. Don't we already have a taxpayer account? Because whenever our taxes are taken out of our check, doesn't our employer automatically send that to a tax um, account that they pay into the federal government and it uh, delineates whose amount was representative for each employee? They, I believe, just sent it right to the IRS. Now you don't. But isn't that a tax account? Uh, well, whatever account they have, but I mean, you would the taxpayer account would be set up in the treasury. You wouldn't, not necessarily with the IRS. Even though the IRS is part of the treasury. So would you abolish the IRS accounts? Oh yeah. IRS is gone. You don't need the IRS. They're fired. There's no use. They're not enforcing anything. Not only that, I didn't even think about this, but without the IRS, I think you've basically just got rid of Obamacare because the IRS enforces Obamacare. And, and supposedly is isn't uh, – and also supposedly isn't uh, it a tax anyway, according to the Supreme Court? Yeah, that's what I mean. And they said the the IRS. Well, if you get rid of the IRS, there's no one to enforce Obamacare, so it's useless. An added bonus. I didn't even think of that when I was writing the paper. Well, that that just says to me that that's why Congress won't ever vote for a program like that, because uh, until – until they go about getting rid of Obamacare um, uh, by, you know, uh, repeal or something like that, then they actually can't abolish the IRS. And, I mean, that that sounds like a legal problem for them. Uh, it would probably be just another part of the Treasury that would enforce it, but... But that's, again, not the purpose of the tax code, to enforce a law like Obamacare, just to collect the revenue. That's it. Now, most Congress uh, probably won't like this plan because it's taking power away from them, giving them to us. Every one of those guys loves that 75,000 page. No doubt about it. It's up to us to force it on them. Sure. Well. If people will wake up, we can do that. We can't do it by you and me going up there together. (laughs) You know, we got. You know, it's ironic. It's it's ironic too that in the Declaration of Independence, whenever our founding members were putting all of the different um, things that they were talking about, that King George and the British uh, 
Parliament were doing to him. One of the grievances is saying he was um, imposing taxes on us without our consent. And that's mm-hmm. that's just one of them. And I'm like, well, gee whiz, that's what the Declaration of Independence says that, our, that King George was doing to the 13 colonies at that time. And here we are getting taxed and with getting laws and all kinds of stuff without our consent all the time. Actually, well, I think it's with our consent. That's the problem. We're allowing it. Yeah, because so, the people who were voting in. Well, and we also, in well, I, none of us, we weren't alive, but in 1913, when that amendment passed three-quarters of the states, they all believed that it was just going to be paid by the rich. Of course, nobody had the foresight to see what would happen. But to get rid of the 16th Amendment, it's the same way it got on. Three-quarters of the states have to get rid of it. Now, getting rid of the IRS wouldn't get rid of the income tax because the 16th Amendment is still there. You could have somebody come in 10 years from now and bring back the old way. You have to actually mm-hmm. – it's a two-step process. Get rid of the income tax and then repeal the actual law. Right. But I think the way to go is the state first. Like once um, – um, I'm actually putting together the video, which will make it a lot simpler, which should be done in the summertime. Um, once I finish the video – put it on YouTube, then I'm going to go back. I contacted a couple of my state representatives, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, sounds great. Now, that could be just them trying to get rid of me. But once I have the video, I'm going to go back, and that's <laughs> where I'm going to start in the state of Florida. Is uh, go say, hey, what about going to a transit? Because it's a lot easier to do it in the state than the country. But once you start seeing successes, then that's how you wake up, uh, wake it up nationally. So I would hope that people that listen to this program not only contact their senators, but their representatives, but their states as well. I think that's another part of the problem. Nobody votes in state elections anymore. And Mm-mm. it's only once every four years. Yeah, that's true. Well, I and, like, I mean, we talked about, you know, local elections last time. Go ahead, John. Go I was ahead, John. just going to say, I just think. I just suggest that our employers not collect the taxes and send it to the government, that employers just pay us everything that they owe us directly, and then we deal with the direct relationship with the government. And then they'll have – then they, they cut out all these secondary and third-party people because then they'll listen to us because they're going to have to come directly to me to get the money. And they'll either have to send their henchmen pictures <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> There's a reason why they set hey, it up the way they did. You have not done me any good service. You don't deserve payment this month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. Uh, yeah, I like I that. <laughs> I don't know if he heard the beginning, but I brought that up with that. Hey, when they went to the income tax, there's a reason why any increase went in the beginning of the beginning of the year, and it's automatically taken out. If we were actually writing checks and they were going bigger. People will be a lot more angry than they are now. What happens now? Yep. Uh, you get a couple of checks, you get used to your new lower amount, and then you move on. Totally forget about it. These people yep. aren't dumb. Yep. I mean, as we mentioned yep. earlier, they always do it in the beginning of the year when the elections are, the be- yep. are at the end of the year. Exactly. Yep. You don't see that tax increase come on Halloween. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you always know, point out, we see those gas prices going down around election yeah. time. Funny, it's the one funny thing how they, I want to they, 
Go ahead. I was going to say, it's funny how gas go prices go down a lot slower than they go up much faster. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like what happened is just, you know, other than, yeah, my little joke, I said, I was like, what, did an Arab sneeze? Is that why we got, uh, <laughs> you know, that's why we got our uh, increased gas prices? Yeah. But anyway, well, so we're actually, folks, at the halfway uh, mark uh, of the show. And so uh, we're also uh, got an audio that's been uh, brought to my attention. Uh, it was an article that got brought to my attention, and I got an audio clip uh, from it. Uh, now, we mentioned earlier in the program, Dave, uh, about the, uh, you know, Glenn Beck, we also mentioned, um, you know, about, oh, I'm having a brain freeze, help me out here, buddy. Uh, what, what was the event that, that, that he was he was out, uh, he was at uh, earlier this spring, and I was at one myself, and that's... The 9-12 uh, in Ohio? The 9-12 thing? No, not the 9-12, which, you know, uh, years that, you know, not in 9-12 you know, after 9-11 back in 2000, I think, in my opinion, I don't know how much of a Glenn Beck fan you are, and I think he had his head screwed on a little better than he does now. Uh, maybe he ate too yeah. many of those seeds that he's trying to sell. Um, maybe he got but, paid I mean, what's off going by the on now? order. Well, what he's doing now, I don't know. Um, but I'm going to play this audio clip, and and he actually agrees with what this gentleman says. Uh, now, it's all, it's well known that, that Glenn Beck is not a, a Trump supporter, uh, but mm-hmm. just get a look for this. And, and, and tell me what your thoughts are. Serious? This could bring down incredible heat on me because I'm about to suggest something very bad. It is a hypothetical I am going to ask as a thriller writer. With the feckless, spineless Congress we have, who will stand in the way of Donald Trump overstepping his constitutional authority as president? If Congress won't remove him from office, what patriot will step up and do that if if he oversteps his, uh, his, his mandate as president, his constitutional granted authority, I should say, as president, if he oversteps that, how do we get him out of office? And I don't think there is a legal means available. I think it will be a terrible, terrible position the American people will be in to get Trump out of office because you won't be able to do it through Congress. Well, I would, I would agree with you on that, um, and I don't think... So basically what this guy's saying is no legal way to get rid of Donald Trump, which means impeachment. You know what he's alluding to, at least what we're speculating that they're to it, is assassinating Trump. That's what the article was putting out. Well, here's here's what I want to say. It's from the American, real quick, Cindy. It's it's from the American Journal. The uh, title of the article says, Glenn Beck, pal, author, Brad Thor, suggests a patriot. You know, he never used the word assassinate, uh, but it says Patriot assassinate Donald Trump, and Glenn Beck agrees. So he said there's no legal way of getting rid of Trump if he becomes president and he oversteps his bounds, and Glenn Beck agrees with him. So, oh, yeah, I, I well, agree. I, well, I don't know. <laughs> you cut it off kind of faster. I was curious what he said after. That's the thing about Oh, they just went on and talked about, some, they went on and talked about something else. Uh, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, uh, yeah. The answer is you can just the Senate can bring up impeachment. It's that simple. You overstep your bounds. No, but he said the Senate wouldn't do it. They were talking about if the, if the Senate doesn't do well, it. And he, I yeah, here, let me put it. Right. No, let well, me go ahead and, and, and what what I want to know is why why were they not Cindy. so 
adamant about this during Obama's presidency with all his executive orders? How come this whole, oh. you know, why didn't a patriot take him out kind of thing? Why didn't that come up with with Obama? I mean, he he's a much he he's done much worse than Trump would ever think of doing. So, well, they don't, they don't know, agree with that. They actually, he was actually talking how Hillary Clinton, you know what, maybe I should have played the whole audio, but it was a 15-minute audio. I didn't know oh, if people yeah. want to hear all of that. Um, so I, I only made the clip that was relevant to the article. He seemed to me Go ahead, he was just one of those callers that is yelling, so I, I immediately thought this guy's no credibility just because the way he was yelling. He wasn't even talking like he was the same person. So as soon as I heard it, he was practically, he was practically screaming at uh, back. I'm like, I can't take this guy seriously, whatever he says. That was the impression I got from that clip. Well, yeah, I think, and, and actually, the crux of yeah, the crux of the of the article is, is more of actually that tiny little part where, and it doesn't say much, uh, where you know, and here's a quote. Um, it says. Uh, uh, this morning on the blaze, this is from the article, and this is from the AmericanJournal.com. Uh, it says, uh, this morning on the blaze radio show, uh, he agreed with his good friend and author Brad Thor, who said very clearly and with no uncertain terms that the only way of stopping President Trump was beca- from becoming a dictator is that basically before the clip was talking about how Donald Trump will be a dictator, um, would be if he were assassinated. Here's the quotes. If he gets into the White House, we will have to deal with him. I guarantee you, Glenn, that during his presidency, during his reign, if you will, he is going to petition the American people to allow temporary suspension of the Constitution. Uh, he is a danger to America. I have to ask you a question. This is serious and could bring down incredible heat on me because I'm about to suggest something very bad. Uh, so we're then goes on to suggest a patriot would have to take him out, being he did not think there would be a legal way to do so. Although it was Thor and not back suggesting the assassination of Donald Trump. Beck responds by saying, I agree, and goes on to explain why. Um, and then that, that part of the audio clip, I, you know, I mean, I could play more of it if you guys like. I mean, I'd have it, I do have it available. So, you know, we, we can do that. And go, you know, let me see if I can find that. Um, well, once again, uh, why, why, I mean, everybody's been saying that Obama could do the same thing, and yet he, he hasn't been on the show, uh, you know, just, you know, castigating Obama for, I mean, Trump, Trump hasn't even gotten into office yet, and, <laughs> and he's accusing him of stuff he thinks he's going to do. Well, yeah. we already know that Obama has done all this stuff. Uh, why are we spending all this time talking about what Trump might do? We need to talk about what Obama's already done. And and not only that, but people have been saying for ever since uh, Trump got elected the second time that, you know, oh, my gosh, you know, there's not going to be another election. He's going to um, he's going to uh, call for uh, martial law and, you know, suspend all voting and all that. And, you know, oh, yeah, and, and that was never going to happen. You know, they said all that stuff about well, Obama. He's going to make Trump... it so that he can get a third term. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's they're not. Saying Trump? They're saying that Trump's going to do that. That's, that's what they're accusing Trump of, of doing. And and so it's just plain silly. It's silly that they're they're making all this hoopla over Trump doing it, and they're not saying anything about how people have been thinking that 
Obama might do that. I mean, this guy has been so bought off by the by the New World Order. Uh, it's really scary. And and I look at a lot of people that started out um, trying to tell the truth on the radio and on TV too. And then all of a sudden, it was like they came to a screeching halt. And all of a sudden, they were no more. They were no longer on their uh, on their independent uh, crusade. Now they only get to say what Rupert Murdoch says they get to say, or what um, you know George Bush says they get to say, uh, or Soros says they get to say. I mean, they, these these people have gotten to these people. Um, and I don't know if they did it with money. I don't know if they did it with physical threats. I don't know how they did it, but they got to a lot of guys that used to tell the truth on the radio. And well, look at Mark Levin. Yeah. What about Mark Levin? I could really scare you about Obama if you want me to. How, how's this scenario oh. playing out? <laughs> okay. It goes. It goes to the Supreme Court justice. Like, if I were a Republican, I would nominate Garland today and confirm him this second. And the reason is this: What if Hillary says, "Hey, Obama, you keep the Department of Justice off me. I win this election. The Senate turns blue. I nominate you for Supreme Court." Oh, how will that make people feel? Oh yeah. Uh, she would never reward him time. like that. She doesn't like him. Someone showed me an article today. Unfortunately, I was at work. Unfortunately, I was at work and wasn't able to do anything with it. Uh, but it sounds like that uh, perhaps the FBI said that, yes, she did indeed uh, break some kind of law or something like that. Gosh, I wish I, I, I could have uh, posted that somewhere. But did anyone else uh, yeah. see any, any, any yeah, posts like yeah. that today? It was the, uh, it was the uh, internal audit from the State Department. They said, yeah, she was no, improper, it. improper, but they won't do anything unless Obama the, – the people in the FBI would have to say, you know what, we're all quitting. Here's, here's what we found. You should prosecute this person. If you don't, we quit. If they don't do that, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Well, they, they, got every, they got all their, you know, ducks in a row. They, I mean, isn't that just – the height of uh, what's the word? Um, uh, what do you call a conflict of interest? That's the height of a conflict of interest when the president appoints yep. the very guy who could who could uh, have to arrest him. <laughs> you know, and the attorney general is supposed to be independent. Huh? Attorney General is supposed right. to be independent, even though it's, he's appointed. But I mean, well, how silly but, well, you're is forgetting that? another. You're forgetting a, a third option. Gary Johnson could win the presidency. <laughs> you know how he could do it? Yeah, I don't think how? so. Tell Actually, me. right. But listen, I mean, it, me. you would think, you would think, but I mean, it could happen if all the the states in the last thirty years stay as they are. You know, nothing changes. Trump wins Ohio and Florida. Hillary wins Virginia. 268 to 265. That leaves New Mexico. If 
Gary Johnson wins his state of New Mexico, it goes to the House. Now, a Republican House, right. if they really, if they really are like never Trump, here's a guy. He's running as a Libertarian, but he's been a Republican. They could vote for him. It could actually happen. Could be the next president from the House. If they really are serious, the, the, the likely it's an outside shot, but it's a. Uh, but if these people are really that anti-Trump and they have an opportunity to pick somebody who is a Republican, I mean, he's a two-term governor under the Republican ticket. Right, they could do it. Yeah, I guess theoretically it's yeah theoretically it's possible. I think that, but you know what? I mean, I, here's the thing. I think Trump could very well. Here's what I think is could be, possibly be a game changer. Maybe California, doubtful, but maybe. But here's the state that I think is going to be the biggest change. Two states actually. That if he took either one of these, I think he's got it. I think Trump's got it. If he takes either New York or Pennsylvania which a Republican hasn't won in a quite some time. In New York, I couldn't even tell you. I think the last time uh, a, a Republican won New York and uh, and Pennsylvania, I don't know about Pennsylvania, but New York was probably Reagan, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Pennsylvania, I, I don't know if Bush uh, got Pennsylvania the first time or not. No. I can't remember, to be honest. Uh, but, I mean, but Donald Trump, unlike Ted Cruz, who there's no way he could have got Pennsylvania or New York. Uh, Trump's got a shot. Trump, he's got no shot in New York. It's a 60-40 state. What's he make it? 55-45? What's he do? In all likelihood, Hillary's putting a 350 spot on him. He's going to put a 350 spot on him. I I don't agree. Unless unless Bernie Sanders somehow runs third party. He doesn't run third party. Once he's out, it blows over. All these people will be back to Hillary. She'll win all these No, he won't. She's sitting at she's sitting well, he, at two forty two. She wins Florida. That's two seventy one. It's over. No, I think Simple I think match. that Trump can. I really do think that Trump can get New York, and I think that the reason yeah. that you don't think that is because you're listening to the polls that they're that are out there right now. I think those polls are totally manipulated. I think that there's no way that Hillary is as close in the polls. Hillary's got that, uh, Hillary's got a better chance of taking Texas than he does in New York. No, no, I don't agree. I'm telling you, <laughs> I I can't see that. I can't see that. Seventy-five percent Hillary taking Texas. New York City. I don't either. New York City. Hell, hell will. Hell New York will freeze over before. Seventy-five. Hell will freeze over before she takes Texas. Overcome. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Yep. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. Seriously, Hillary Clinton take. I mean. I would have to see the devil himself, not that I really believe in the devil, but you know what I mean, uh, or the phrase, hell would freeze over. I can, Hillary Clinton will not ever take Texas. And here's another state that people are chance. thinking about being a better chance. Okay. But uh, well, here's, well, as I said, Pennsylvania, you know, I think is in play, and Virginia. I think Virginia can very well be in play. Yeah, but you're also I think I, I, getting the flip side. States like Georgia, Mississippi, Arizona, Colorado, they're in play for Clinton. So you can't just look at the ones that he might take. What about the red states he might lose? All How could you say that he would lose mm-hmm. Georgia? How could he he's behind. Yeah, Georgia. He's behind. He's 
trailing. That, he's not, not going to lose Georgia because Newt Gingrich is going to be his VP running mate. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Well, th- that may be, but then he's, how's he going to win Florida, Ohio then? He can only I, I think. One. I think he's. he's well, well, he's well very here's how he's going to win. Here's how he's going to win. Here's how he's going to win Florida. Here's how he's going to win Florida. Possibly Pennsylvania, uh, West Virginia, and Kentucky. Okay, especially for West Virginia, Ohio, and Kentucky, uh, yeah. Kentucky, especially in the Appalachian area, because you're going to all you got to do is get in those states. Just keep on playing, uh, playing videos of Hillary Clinton saying. I am going to I am going to make sure that the coal workers and the coal companies are going to be out of business. If he he just keeps playing those videos, and then on the other clip, having showing how she lied to one of the a coal worker came there and said, "Look, how do you expect me to support you when you're telling me you want to put me out of a job?" And she flat out lied to him in front of her his face and told him that she was taken that what she said was taken out of context. Really, I mean, if he shows those two clips back to back, and he keeps playing those in states like West Virginia, you know, and, and in the the south in the south uh, east of Ohio and the east of Kentucky, then let me tell you, <laughs> she is not going to take any of those three states, uh, okay. at least those portions the of the state. Side. Let me tell you the, what the, the ads that I'm seeing in Florida right now. All the things he said about women. Every negative thing he said about women, I'm going to see that ad for the next five months. He's got a 75% negative on women. He's got a 100% recognition. He's not going to change it. You cannot win an election 75% negative with women. That's half the electorate. I can't. Well, and there's definitely. Oh, you see, you don't think Trump's got a shot. Well, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one, David. He has no shot head to head as it stands right now. Something else changes. Sanders third party that changes it. Hillary goes to no, jail. Th- yeah, that Sanders not going to Sanders not going to be a third party. Sanders will not be a ben. third party. It's, it's more than like it's more than likely that Sanders is going to be her VP pick. Nah, that, it's it's more likely for her to be his VP pick than it would be for him to run, him to be third party. I mean, who else is she going to choose? Elizabeth Warren. Well, and, and and there you go. Let me tell you something. If, and women, if you might take exception to this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Picks Elizabeth Warren, and you have a, a female female ticket. Let the males of this country unite and say, "Look, <laughs> no way in hell are we." No, sorry, ladies, but no way in hell are we going to have a woman president and vice president. Men unite. There you go. Get all the men to vote for Trump and say, "I don't think so." <laughs> seriously, if people are going to vote for if people, if people, if women are going to vote for Hillary Clinton for the very fact that she's a woman, okay. How about this? Seriously, how about this? Bill I'm not Clinton done. Hold on. Oh, <laughs> hey, I, re- I rarely speak on my own show, so I'm going to take this opportunity <laughs> to do it. Okay, and so, you know, if women and I don't really, I really, I've got more faith in the women of this uh, of the United States. You know, regardless of what, as Cindy pointed out, these polls are saying, you know, because, you know what, you can, he could put a poll and say, do you like what Donald Trump has said about women? And then they can misconstrue and say, oh, my God, look, women hate him, you know, when they're not even answering the same thing. They, they, they'll take, oh, well, he don't like what they're saying to they don't like Donald Trump. Two different things. Okay, but that's not I'll how they'll you- report it. And hold on. And two, you know, I've got more mm-hmm. faith. 
and the women of uh, of the United States to look. Look what happened. All I got to say is this. Look what happened with Obama. If you voted for Obama just because you want the historical thing for you want to have a, a, a black person to get uh, elected, well, you see how that turned out. And let me tell you something. The racial divide in this country is even worse now that Obama's got, you know, has been in office. And what are, you gonna, what are we going to do? Have the sexual divide, so now we're going to have, you know, all these uh, homicid sexual tensions. But we're not in bars logic after dark yet. And where is Kelly? But anyway, um, and so I just – I think you're smart on that. I think just because she's a woman and just because, you know, Trump has said some, you know, some things, are they really willing to have a third term of Obama? Are they really willing to have someone who is a criminal – Okay, who there is proof out there now that she's, a, you know, a criminal to be the president of the United States. I've got more faith of the women in this country than that. I'll give you then two reasons why she makes sense. I'll give you two reasons why she makes sense. And I'm not a Hillary. I'm a never Trump, never Hillary person. But here is why she makes sense. A. Well, that's why you think Trump going to have a, a chance against Hillary or a never Trumper. Go ahead. Oh, I'm a never Trumper, never Hillary or both. That, that's a new hashtag. I like the two together. I like Never this Trump guy, or Robert. Hillary. <laughs> it's never Trump but, or Hillary, but but the, the well, it's going to be one of them. So what do you think? Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I'm going Gary Johnson, but uh, I'm one of the ten. No, I won't be him. him right now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but yeah, in all likelihood, it's one of those two. But here's why she makes sense. A Hillary's got the problem with the women because of her husband. She Warren kind of solves that problem. It takes the, it takes that edge off. And the other. She is basically Sanders, so all the people that will be disappointed in Sanders will rally behind her. Maybe not all of them, but a lot of them will, and she needs those. Well, so and, that's and, why and, I well, think and the, she makes sense. Yeah. Well, and a lot – and yeah, I so think, well, and, and the Sanders not the VP – well, and a lot of – well, and I think a lot of the – okay, maybe not quite women, but there are a big group of young folks, and uh, there's a lot of new voters who are voting for Sanders. And one of the reasons why, if not a big portion of the reasons why, uh, they're voting, oh, good, Kelly is on. Kelly, push the one on your number dial when you're ready to come in. Uh, But one of the reasons why uh, they're voting for Bernie Sanders, that if he's not on the ticket and he's not going to run for a third party, it's not going to happen. I mean, I've I've actually have a nephew said, oh, my gosh, if, if Bernie runs third party and, you know, Gary Johnson runs third party. A third party person can actually win the presidential election. Now, you're talking to somebody who <laughs> voted for Virgil Goode in 2012 for the Constitution Party. So I've, I have voted for presidential candidates from a third party before and for, and for the down-ballot candidates. We support third party candidates, and we have. Just look at our archives. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the policy, how many Constitution Party libertarians, even Green Party folks, that we've interviewed. We've even talked to this last week, Christina Tobin, you know, or, you know, working towards getting multi-party in, in uh, America. But that being said, okay, a lot of the people voting for Bernie Sanders and for Trump, for that matter, are people who've never voted before because they are sick and tired of this, uh, you know, of our government. And you, you have Clinton, and if she picks, you know, the other per- that other woman. She's just going to represent. She's going to represent the government just as much as. That's the thing. That's what Bernie has on his side with these new voters. But Elizabeth they Warren's don't see the same him, way. They don't see. They don't see him as a. Oh, they'll 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 see her as a political insider. Are you kidding me, Elizabeth oh, Warren? I, I disagree. Yeah, she's a political I insider. Think Elizabeth, well, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. Exactly. But, exactly like. And then that. Bernie's. 
No, she ain't exactly. Anyway, so I you're going to have the young I mean, people. She's just unknown. You, well, uh, unknown, but all they have to do is expose how, how how much of an insider she actually is. You know, I mean, Bernie Sanders, I mean, he's an independent running as a, as a Democrat, right? Um, and so you've got a lot of people who have never voted before. See, here's the thing. The people who never voted before, they're not going to vote for somebody who's seen as a politician. And they're not, you know, they're going to go to somebody who they think is a true outsider and who's not a politician, period. Okay, and so, okay, well, we've got Sanders, who's, yeah, he's a politician, but he's still an outsider. Or, okay, well, now he's gone. Oh, now we got Trump, who is the only person on the ticket, either ticket, you know, is who's not an insider. Okay, well, where are we going to go if we want to vote for somebody who is, has not been in government for so long? I mean, even, even if you can't even point to Gary Johnson and say that. You can't even point to Garen Johnson and say, well, you know, he hasn't been a politician for a while. The only person you can point to if you want a true, you know, you know non, non-politician is Donald Trump. He's the only one <laughs> who, who they have, you know. And there's going to be people who, believe me, I've talked to tons of folks who said, look, if Trump doesn't get the nomination, I'm just not going to vote because I, I'm voting to vote for Trump. I'm not voting to vote for Hillary. I'm not voting to vote for Cruz. You know, I'm not here to vote for anybody else, and frankly, you know, I'm here to vote for the person who's not a politician. And there's a, you know, I sense a movement. I sense a wave of people in America who is sick and tired, you know, of politics as usual. They're sick and tired of the politicians. And if Clinton wants to go ahead and put another politician in there, then, you know, more power to the people because it'll, you know, it'll be a part of her downfall. The flip side of that is all the people that are not going to vote for the Trump for the same reasons, like me. I can't remember the last time I didn't vote Republican. I ain't voting for that guy. He's an ass clown. He is a clown. If, if he okay, would just, oh, David, okay, if, we're not going to be to make this. David, we're not going to make disparaging marks. I mean, I haven't made disparaging marks on on like Cruz. I didn't, you know, or anybody else. So let's not do this here on the show. I won't allow it. Okay, go ahead. If, if he would have just stopped with the name calling and just said, yeah, I know you're angry. That's why I'm here. And went on that would have been fine, but he didn't. I mean, the way he just, but they all did it. They all it, were name calling. No. I, mean, I mean, no one, no one's the hands are dirty. Everyone, you know, they were who name a person who wasn't making, making, making comment. But you know, it's funny in the, the, inter- the debate that he skipped. I didn't hear any name calling. Did you? Because the, Trump the wasn't there. That, of course, I'm That's talking about I mean. people were calling him names. But all people are calling no, him names. People have been con- comparing him to Mussolini. I've, you know, the, 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 he's been compared to Hitler. He's been compared to I Mussolini. Didn't, I, didn't hear any, I, I didn't hear any candidates say that about him on those debate stages. I, I must have missed that one. I'm talking about Well, I'm talking about uh, Yeah, I mean, some, yeah, some nut on some internet may have. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. Well, Glenn Beck called it compared to the Mussolini. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's not going to go kill people. I'll give him that. But uh, his temperament just is – that's, that's why I'm never Trump. When he brought up that New York values thing, and I'm not a Ted Cruz guy either, but when he brought those out, I mean, you and I both know what Cruz meant. 
by New York Vets. Oh, I know a cruise man about New York Vets. Certainly and, I did. And then, he, and then he was totally dishonest and brought in the first responders. I'm like, ah, oh, that's when it turned for me on him. And then the name calling, the way he was just on Megyn Kelly, I was like, are you kidding me? You're running for president. Still going on by that. It's just his temperament. I just mm, can't do it. Can't do it. So I'm going to be one of those well, guys that's going to go third party. Well, then, and, and, and I did that because I, 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 yeah. well, I, I couldn't vote for well. I felt the same. Yeah. Well, right. and, and I agree, and there probably will be. I'm sure I agree, and there probably will be a lot of folks like yourself who are who are, who are either going to vote third party or not vote, you know, or not vote. That happened in 2012. As I yep. stated, I voted for I, yep. I voted for Virgil Good. I I would not I would not vote for Romney. There's no way in hell. I would have ever voted for Romney. I railed on Romney on this show, and people who's been who's been with us since 2012 know that I railed on Romney for months. I'm like, I, I'm not going to rail on this guy for months, and then I'm not I'm not going to go, yeah. go back and, and vote for him. I'm, you know, I, I know too much stuff about Romney that there was no way I was going to vote for him. As I said, I voted for Virgil Goode of the Constitution Party. You know. And so I voted my principles, and, and people, if they want to do that, that's fine. I mean, I, I never said people shouldn't vote for uh, who they feel like they, you know, you know should vote for. But I, it has come I, around. I, go ahead, Cindy. Well, hold on. Let's go ahead and hear from Cindy. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I hear what you're saying about Donald Trump's mouth, and, and I fully understand your concern with yeah, that. Yeah, let's, let's hear this coming from a woman I, who supports Donald Trump. <laughs> Well, I am one of the twenty-five percent. Well, I am a Christian, um, and that's another reason that you know I should have a lot of doubts about Trump because he does, even though he says I'm a Christian, I'm a Presbyterian, and all that. Um, I don't see that in his lifestyle. Uh, you look at the fruits of the of a person to see whether they are, uh, you know, because there's no way for us to know what's in his heart. But his actions don't show that he's Christian, that he's Christ-like. And it, and it does not appear to me that his mouth will ever be under control. Um, <clears throat> and that is a concern in one area. But in another area, I like it because I'm tired of our politicians being so diplomatic that they have basically put us into a, 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 place, a, a place of danger because our security has totally broken down in this country. We have no borders. We have nothing to stop immigrant, immigrants from Iran and Syria. Wait a minute. Real quick, real quick, Cindy. I want to make this note before I forget it, because you know we, carry, we, we, we covered the Libertarians in 2012, and one of the beefs that I had with Gary Johnson, he's an open borders guy. Go ahead. Okay. Well, anyway, um, uh, we until until we get somebody in the White House that doesn't care about being diplomatic and politically correct, a lot of these problems are not going to sol- be solved. That's why I like Trump. Now, there is a degree of uh, question uh, about him because he doesn't have a record. He does not have a political record uh, for us to go by. So all we can do is believe or disbelieve what he says he's going to do. What he says he's going to do, he's going to do, um, 
the, the important things I agree with. And and I can only just say I hope that he will do it if he becomes pre- president. Uh, and that is a concern to me that I don't have any way of saying. In other words, Trump is either going to be the savior of the United States or it's going to be the Antichrist. Um, you, you won't be able to, you, you just won't be able to believe the damage that someone can do when they lie through their teeth. But it seems to me, well, when, I look at Donald Trump, when I look at Donald Trump on his interviews, uh, in the debates and all that, he seems to be everything is on his sleeve. He wears all of his feelings, emotions, thoughts on his sleeve. He's not holding anything back. I don't, I don't think that he's disingenuous. I think that everything he says is exactly what he means um, because he says the good and the bad. That's, that's one thing about his trash mouth that I actually am glad to hear because he's not whitewashing everything and putting on his diplomatic uh, – he's not – you know, closing off his trash language like a lot of those guys do because you hear them all the time talk about how when they're talking together, it's trash mouth. But when they're in front of people, they're not trash mouth. And so, to me, Trump just does it out in the open, um, and that tells me that what we hear from him, what we see is what we get. With those other guys... I don't. I don't think that's true. I, I don't think that what you hear from them is what you're actually going to get. So for a couple one of, of reasons. And one of the things that, real quick, and, I'll, and then I'll let you get, go back to it, is I just want to make this comment is, you know, one of the things, you know, and actually, uh, you know, I, I make kind of a running joke of it. It's kind of it, it's kind of funny, but uh, but the thing is, is I know he's getting a lot of slack when he, uh, Trump would give a lot of slack. Uh, when I guess at one of his rallies a while ago, he said, boy, I'd like to punch him in the face. Remember when they made a big deal out of that? You know, <laughs> now let's be honest. If, if you can, if, 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 I tell you what, and you know I'm not, you know, if, if, if anyone here on this call or anyone listening to this podcast can never say that in their whole life they haven't had someone who they want to put it, punch him in the face, we've all wanted oh, to yeah. punch somebody in the face. Hell, you, there's people out there listening to me right now who might feel like, boy, I want to punch him in the face. You know, but <laughs> here's the thing. He'll say it. Uh, and, you know, he, I mean, and, and that's my point. Is he'll say, man, I don't like a punch. And they, oh, my gosh, all this, he's such a violent person. Bullshit. Excuse my French, but it is Bard's logic after dark. <laughs> um, but seriously, I mean, Everyone has thought that they want to punch somebody in the face at some point. He's just got one, the, 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 a person who will say it and say, saying, oh, we can't be so politically correct. And, oh, my gosh, we've got to be so scared of whatever, uh, you know, uh, about saying whatever. We might offend somebody. You know, why do you think we're getting so weak? Because everything offends us anymore. Go ahead, Cindy. I'm going to go off on a tirade yeah, if see, I don't stop. So go ahead. <laughs> right. See, I don't want a guy. I don't want a guy that's going to go over there and bow to some king and kiss his ring. I, I don't want. Yeah, I them I want their some, face. Okay, that's a little extreme, but <laughs> I want somebody. I want somebody that's going to kick him in the shin and say, "Look here, buddy. You start. You keep paying these terrorists to come over here and 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 build bombs and build up." their arsenal, you keep doing that, you keep paying these guys, and 
we're not buying your oil. We're gonna we're gonna drill our own oil. You know, we're gonna make our own way here. So you you make the choice. You you want to have you want to have a nuclear bomb shoved down your neck. You know, um, because if if one of your guys that we trace the money back to you uh, sets off uh, a nuclear bomb in the air and all of our electronics are shut down, um, you know what? <laughs> Same thing's going to happen to you, buddy. You know, so just as soon as we're able, you're going to come down. You know, uh, I would have. I would have the the capability to to strike back anyone that was uh, wanting to mess with us or pay for someone to mess with us. I would have the capability to strike them immediately, um, and 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 worry about the facts later. Um, I'm just tired of this piddle footing around with with Muslims and communists. You know, Russia coming into Ukraine and I'm tired of that. I mean, if you want to mess with us, go ahead and mess with us. But there's going to be a consequence. And I think that Donald Trump is the kind of guy that that would uh, that would stand up to those people. He's not going to worry about diplomacy. And I'm looking. And one thing, you know, I don't even know what other candidate. We, you know, you've heard this of other candidates, I'm sure, and maybe even hold more, more true with Trump. Is that you know what? I'm voting for a president, not a priest. I'm, you know, I'm not looking. I'm not looking for a, a pastor. I'm looking, you know, which I wouldn't anyway. You know that is to the our current, you know, long time listeners. But uh, you know, I, I'm looking for a president. I mean, I, I don't care. You know, if the guy's got a smart mouth, if he's, you know, says stuff. Here's the thing: he's got the guts to say stuff that other people don't, including probably everybody on this line. Okay, if, if, if you, no one on this line, and I'm not asking anybody to tell, but there's everyone on this line is at some point. Made a comment about somebody based on something. Okay, it might have been you might have made a girl joke, you might have made a blonde joke, you might have made a race joke, you might have made a religion joke. Okay, but oh my God, we're so afraid that if we, you know, say that or something like that, oh my gosh, we could get you know castigated, right? I, you know, I, say I did. <laughs> I said something about Trump, and you just scolded me ten minutes ago. <laughs> well, well that see, was see a, what I mean? <laughs> you know, he don't care. He don't care if we get scolded. Well, that goes for anything on on the show. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't let anything get into that stuff on the show. But, uh, but seriously, and here's another point. And I want to hear from uh, you know, John too. Just John, speak up. You want to hear a thing, and Kelly, I see you on the line. So push, push one when you're ready. I know you're working on some work stuff. You know, but here's the thing. Something that tells me when you've got the powers that be on the right, and you've got the powers that be on the left. Okay, you've got both sides coming after one person, okay, and they're both from the political elites, and you have the political class, and you have the, all, the, all those folks after the same person, right, Re, suppose, regardless of supposedly conservative and, and liberal, right, okay, they're, they're, they're the political oligarchy is the people who's after them, okay, but who's saying things about them. When you've got all those people after them, there's got to be a good reason, and if they're against them, I'm for them because I'm tired of these, the, the, the political class. I'm tired of the, the, the new oligarchy, you know, which is the folks we have in there, the career politicians, you know. And, and I know his son has said this, but Trump don't have to deal with this. I mean, that guy can play golf all day and sit, sit my ties. He don't need to put himself in this position. Hell, 
you know, seriously, it's not like the guy needs the money. I mean, look at the Clintons. Look how rich they've gotten. And that's going to be some investigating going on. Let me tell you, I know people are looking at how they've got their hundreds of millions of dollars now from speaking fees and a lot of those, those a lot of that. And there's another thing that's going to come out is all the speaker fees that are going to be coming out from foreign countries that they paid the Clintons. Wait till that, wait till those stories start popping out. Of all the, you know, all the money coming from foreign countries to pay them to speak at places. Hmm. Talk about influence peddling. You know, so wait till those stories come out. you know, on on Hillary. But when you get all these people who are who are against them on both sides of the political, you know, those. I mean, and then you have so, and then you have the establishment. You have the establishment who are saying that they would vote for Hillary Clinton before they would vote for Trump. Are they really? Are they really? Who are they loyal to? Are they loyal to the party, or are they loyal to the political elites? Are they loyal to the political class? It sounds like, to me at least, when you've got someone like Jeb – I'm not saying Jeb Bush said this, but you've got some you know, establishment who are saying, oh, well, talking more about voting for Hillary Clinton than they would their own candidate. Well, how are you for the party? You're not. You're for the political elite. Go ahead, Cindy. I know I interrupted you. No, I, I was basically finished. Um, uh, David can uh, respond to what I said because basically go ahead, what David. I was saying. Let's go I'm ahead. And, um, David. Okay. Well, you, you just made the case of why Gary Johnson could win if it went to the House. <laughs> uh-huh. Because before – Well, this, it's not – well, it's not – and, and, and no, that's, that's possible, but it's very unlikely. I'm not saying it's – I mean, you know, there's always possibilities is one of my favorite TV uh, uh, characters, said, you know, said – uh, but is it likely? Uh, could it happen? I guess it could happen. Um, and, and and I agree with you on that point, David. Is the the, the House of Representatives would certainly be more likely to pick the the vote for Gary Johnson than they would yeah. Trump. That that that's a given. I'll give you that. But I don't think I, I really don't think it'll come to that. And the reason is, yeah, because I don't think he'll win Florida and Ohio. I don't think he'll win either of the states. But the reason that both hate him is because before this year, he was a Democrat. So the Republicans aren't going to like him because he's not really a Republican. And then the Democrats don't like him because he switched. So that's why he gets it from both sides. That's number one. Number two, I just can't take a guy seriously who thinks Ted Cruz's dad shot JFK. I, I just can't. I can't take that seriously. And then number three. I don't think he knows anything about economics. I mean, I don't think he knows what a comparative advantage is. But if he's going to put in a 45% tariff, that's the biggest tax crease in the history of the middle class if he actually did that. He's not actually going to do that. He's not going to do most of the things. If he builds the wall, I'd be surprised. Well, and I'm glad you brought up about the wall. No, I'm glad you brought up about the wall because here's the thing. I'm presuming you follow politics for you know at least a, a period of time. I know I have. I've been been following politics for 30 years. And let me tell you something. I am sick of hearing about the same damn topics every election. It's the same thing every Every election cycle. Every election cycle is the same thing. When, and this, I mean, I wasn't a fan of uh, Fiorina. Never was. Even, you know, even before she decided to. go with Cruz. I mean, I never really, I, I liked Cruz, you know, for the, I like Cruz except for when he was blasting on Trump, <laughs> basically. I like him in the Senate, and that might be the best spot for I – mean, I think Cruz uh, – I think the best spot for Cruz is either in the Senate or the AG, frankly. And I would or, rather have Cruz or, be uh, an AG. Go ahead. How about this? 
Trump nominates him for Supreme Court justice. I would not have a problem with that, actually. So, that one, that, uh, that would be something I, I, I could get behind, too. But, so, yeah, I mean, I mean any of those three spots. But, but I, I, here's the thing. I, I, and you, and you may or may not disagree, and I think you probably will. But I think that Trump had a better, has a better chance. And, frankly, I think Trump has a better chance of, of beating Hillary Clinton than Cruz did. I just, I just don't think Cruz could have beaten um, um, yeah, What state, Cruz, what state could he possibly Cruz, have opened up? Yeah, the problem with Cruz is social conservatives can't win. They just can't win general elections. Not in this era. Not in our culture. Something major would have to ha- – we'd have to be on the brink for somebody like Ted Cruz to win. He just doesn't – for a Republican to win, they need to excite people. They need to bring people that don't normally vote because Democrats outnumber them two to one. And Cruz won't do that. So, that, so you're right. He, he wouldn't win Florida. Uh, I don't know about Ohio. He might win Virginia, but he would definitely not win Florida, <clears throat> which means he loses because, by my math, Hillary's at 242. She wins Florida. That's two seventy one. Election's over. Assuming she doesn't yeah, I think, lose I think, Pennsylvania. I think this could be, yeah. Assuming she doesn't lose I think this a, could be a some, state like Pennsylvania. Well, and here's, I mean, and I, I even think that perhaps you know Michigan could possibly be in play. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I mean, I think a lot of people see what's happened in America. Yeah, even the blue collar folks. You know, they they blame the system, they blame the government, and Hillary Clinton is a, a symbol of that. Now, yeah. I'm going to ask you this, she and of course, a, David, you don't have to. And, and, and of course, you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. hmm? What's that? I th- I, I well, let me ask you this. Go ahead. No question. No well, question. and I'm going to ask you this. You don't have to, and you hmm? and you don't have to answer that. And yes, you're right. She's terrible, and I, I can't stand her, and I can't imagine having to listen to her for four years while doing the show. Uh, but <laughs> I can't stand. I just can't stand her voice. But the thing, or my gosh, I mean, could you imagine a state of union address? I don't want to. But anyway, so and you don't have to answer this. Okay, so so we had seventeen, we had seventeen candidates uh, who, who ran for the the GOP. Who did you like? I was actually a volunteer for Rubio, his campaign. I actually got to speak to one of his guys. It was two days before Florida. Gave him my thirty second pitch on the transaction tax. So I asked him about. It. He's like, oh, "What the hell is that?" I mean, that's, that was Rubio's biggest weakness, his tax plan. That is by far his biggest weakness. But, yeah, I was a Rubio. I, Rubio well, immigration killed him, too. See, I, that's what I, I – talk about the media blowing something up. I mean, have we come to the point where when you try to work with the other side for a big problem that, that the guy's toxic? I mean, that's basically what happened. He tried to work on a plan. <laughs> It was bad, so he ended up voting against it, and all of a sudden, because he tried to work on an issue, he's part of the gang of eight or whatever. I, I just didn't get it. Trying to solve a major problem, I mean, but yeah, I, I, just don't, I know it, 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 it did hurt him. I just don't understand why. Well, because uh, he was – the plan that he was supporting would have just absolutely broken the back of an of American, and, and not just – any American. It would have been lower income Americans because I don't know if you've ever heard Cruz's speech on the floor when he was uh, rebutting against it. Um, he explained it very, very clearly how what the, the worst, the people who were going to be affected the worst uh, over that plan were the people who already had a job 
were already uh, American citizens, but they were on the low income scale. They were ha- they were they had the jobs that were minimum wage or or slightly above, um, and and but they did have a, a medical plan and a few other things. Okay, um, but they weren't making a whole heap of a lot of money. What was going to happen was when these, when this amnesty came into play, all these illegal Mexicans now who were not going to be under Obamacare, okay, they did not have, uh, the Obamacare exempted all the illegal Mexicans. And so, uh, and all the people that would come in, and I think it was like a, a figure of 30 million people when they came in under amnesty, the Obama uh, care plan was not going to pertain to them. So a, a, an employer could hire someone who was an illegal um, immigrant who just got his amnesty, fire the guy that's been working for him for years uh, and was already a citizen or at least was here on a green card or he was here legally for some reason, could fire him because now he doesn't have to buy Obamacare for this guy. And so basically what we were going to get was a whole lot of people that just totally lost their job um, because of amnesty. Uh, and that was just one of the problems. He mentioned several things in his speech that were going to really be devastating to the economy. problem is Ted Cruz was being dishonest because Rubio was not for amnesty. He was never for amnesty. He was never well, that's what for he amnesty. Was supporting it. That's he the was way supporting it was portrayed. The, no. The gang of eight no, Yeah. He that, was it, not it, for amnesty. That's when he was against it. He was trying to work, but he he didn't support the bill that they finished. No, he like, did. Hold on, we're pressing out of time. <laughs> go ahead. And then go ahead, David, and then John, it sounds like you want to chime in. Go ahead, David. So yeah, he I he 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 did not support the final bill that came out. That's why they say, oh, he didn't even vote for his own bill. <laughs> That's because it was crap. He tried to put in a good bill, but then it was portrayed as amnesty. I mean, basically, the, the, when I hear people say amnesty, it's like anything that's not mass deportation that lets people stay in the country is amnesty. That's not what amnesty is. Amnesty is you are forgiven of all your sins, and you get every benefit. That's what amnesty is. He wasn't for that. That was what the plan John- was that the debate was presenting. But, John, did you want to chime in on that? Well, uh, from what I understood, he, Mr. Rubio, had originally started drafting some paperwork on this amnesty immigrant thing, and that's what got his that's what got the the leadership's attention about him. To help him and Bob Corker and Menendez and all them to become a part of the Gang of Eight, and they tried to implement his idea about this immigration amnesty, which I don't know if that's really what you want to call it, because we can that's, argue that's about the, the semantics of labels if you want to. The whole that's the whole debate. Yep. That's part of the debate because we get so confused with the. Labels and not really understanding the true intent. But anyway, the whole thing of it was he was trying to make it an option for people because of something he had drafted prior to becoming a part of the Gang of Eight. And then the 
people in leadership that are a part of the Chamber of Commerce and these big business people, and they want to break down um, governance within the United States to make it a corporate global governance institution across the world, then they figured, hey, this is another opportunity. We can get these people all in a little conference committee, and, you know, they can help us pass this nonsense, and then we can get a whole lot of immigrants coming in here for low-wage workers, for the Chamber of Commerce people and other businesses that like to, you know, get the lowest-wage worker, and then that displaces all of the legal Americans that are already here. Now where do they go? Either out in the streets, you know, on Skid Row, or on welfare, so now we just run up the deficit even that much more. But I was wanting to comment, too, about the earlier part. There's still other parties to um, vote for. Daryl Castle with the Constitution Party, and just for the sake of David knowing, I'm not a big Trump fan either. And, um, Cindy, you were saying we would know them by their fruits. Well, you also know that where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And from the abundance of your mouth, your heart speaks. Or from the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks, or something to that effect. So we do have a reasonable way of knowing that some of these people are going to be a bit devious or whatnot. And I, I do want to thank Robert for convicting me and making me repent because, you know, I have sent, I have said some stuff that kind of stomp on people's character, I'm sure, in the past, and I, I need to be corrected. So I thank you, Robert. No, well, you don't have to do that, but I, and I appreciate it. But, yeah, I mean, we've all we've all done stuff. I mean, for them, the, I mean, the, the, the point to the Trump and what he said about, you know, for one, I mean, look how many women are in top positions of his company, for one. I mean, that's, I, I would see, I would think that would speak for something. Uh, well, but, you know, I mean, oh. he, he just says it. <laughs> Cause it I mean, Think about it. We're not. We are not in a position. And some people say, "Well, you're running for president. You should be in a position either." You know, to to, to speak our minds because you know if we get you know th- think what uh, you know if we got casket or we got you know I mean we're either a, a racist or a homophobe or you know whatever they you know or a sexist or a bigot or misogynist or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, oh my gosh! And then, you know, our circles are so small compared to what Trump's is, and we have think about it. In our circles, how much influence do we have? So we got to hold on to the little bit we've got. You know, if he's got a group of people saying he's a misogynist, it's sexist, and whatever, who cares? He's got so many more people who are like, look, you know, think, hey, this guy's going to be the, the the person to be, you know, to be president. And so he, he's got more leeway than what I think people are giving credit for. I mean, because think about it. He's gotten, I mean, he said and he got blasted for all this stuff. No one thought that Trump was going to get where he is now. No one. I mean, that's what, that's probably why they didn't blast him early enough in the, you know, early in, in the debates because they, they didn't take him seriously. Like, like well, well, let's be honest. We all knew, we all knew Bush wasn't going to get very far. You know, I never knew. I, I never thought Bush was. Uh, I never thought. And yeah, I, but you, you weren't surprised that he struggled as much as he did. I mean, I was. I thought he'd make it farther. I no, mean, when he no, I didn't five, think he'd make it very far at all. Uh-uh. Time? Wow. That's no, no, I never. I never. I, real quick, real quick, and, and and you guys who are who are long-term listeners on the show know I'm. You know, I, I'm not one uh, to toot my own horn, but you know, if you listen to the earlier shows. You know, I, I 
you know, and it's people I talk to. I mean, I almost picked the people who would be in the top four. I practically picked the people who's going to be in the top in the in the top four. I mean, I knew Bush wasn't going to get far at all. Because here's the thing: people don't want another Bush running against Clinton. Clinton, yeah. people knew His that Clinton would destroy yeah. him in in the general election. He had no shot. Go ahead, John. Well, I, I was just going to say, no, none of us are running for president, and the president is such an eye, you know, from the media and everybody else on him that. We want them to be an example that all of the people of our country would want to model themselves after. And I just have a hard time, you know, I'm not running for president, so I'm not able to get away with saying some snarky and and stuff like that. But anyway, the other aspect that I think is very important, too, is we've noticed how many times in the last, I don't know how many weeks or months, that these – disruptors uh, coming outside of his rallies and petitioning and and throwing bottles and rocks and stuff at the police and jump. Well, these people people are disgruntled for some reason about what's going on, and that's why a lot of them supposedly are voting for Bernie, just like what you were saying earlier. Well, the, the sad part of it is if Trump becomes the president, these people's grievances won't go uh, away. So, therefore, at some point in the near future, if more of these people start coming out and raising more cock, you know, um, ruckuses and stuff, and more things get broken and more harm gets done, I would not be surprised if President Obama doesn't try to declare martial law in order to try to get control of everything and just circumvent all to stop this nonsense because i don't think these people that have these grievances are going to stop saying what they're saying unless donald trump starts caring about their issues otherwise they wouldn't be outside his rally saying that they don't like him and that's and you know i like him better than they do and i'm not going to go out there and do that stuff and like i said if he actually gets like newt greenreach or jeff sessions maybe mike huckabee then but about the only ones I could actually decide to vote for Trump. But if Trump gets hardly anybody else, I'm looking for Daryl Castle or maybe even Gary Johnson. I don't know. But anyway, that's for now. Uh, to, to answer his point, those people that are in those riots, they don't hate Trump. They hate America. It doesn't matter who it is. They're the Occupy Wall. They're the same people that would want to see this country come down, not fix it, but just you know, just tear it down and some uh, some other new government. They just hate the traditional values of this country, and they're just that's just an opportunity for them to do that. And that's why You're Trump right. is where he is. The GOP does not represent traditional values anymore. They don't. That's why either way, if Trump wins or loses, that party is it's dead. It's going to have to re. It's going to have to change. It's going to have to reinvent itself. New brand. I don't know if they need a new name. Win, lose, or draw, it's going to change. And actually, both parties are going to change. The way the primaries are done are not going to be the same in 2020 as they are this year with this super delegates or I don't know even how that works. I just don't know how Bernie Sanders was winning states and Hillary Clinton was getting 95% of the delegates. It just That's why they're so angry. Yeah. And so that's going mm-hmm. to change. You can guarantee that both parties will change. I don't know why they let open primaries. I mean, Florida is not an open primary. I couldn't vote in that primary because I'm not registered Republican. 
I just don't understand why states leave it open. You could have Democrats come over. That's why I think help Trump. Two things help Trump. A, the big field. They all split each other. He wasn't splitting with anybody because he was the outsider. Maybe a few votes with Carson. But B, oh, I just lost my train of thought. The big party. I just lost my train of thought. He benefited from the big party or, or the big field. And the fact big that field. the big field and that no, that the Republican Party has basically shot itself in the head, acting like Democrats. And they're like, I don't want to see any like Bush. I mean, are you kidding? That, you have the name Bush. You can't win right now. You, you can't. You're not going to win an right. election with that last name in this era. Mm-mm. He did a pretty good job in this state. I mean, he was my governor. I moved to Florida in 03. I was right at the end of his term. I mean, he did a good job. He was out for a while. The problem is his brother didn't, he's still president. I mean, is this, I was still surprised that he did as poorly as he did. I thought he would last a little bit longer than that, but he just, mm-hmm. he just, he's like Clinton that when they're on a stage and you should never judge somebody by how they articulate. I mean, some people can be the smoothest people say stuff that sound great. And he's not one of those guys. He is not somebody Hillary Clinton's not like you said. Oh, I just want to hear that. Well, that's a Bush thing. He's got a, the Bush thing. Yeah, he he's the same way. He's just his message. Hillary Clinton's terrible at it too. She's one of the worst speakers. I I can't remember. But that but that being said, that shouldn't disqualify you. And and for him, it did. I mean, the fact that he had that name and that he just could not get his points across, especially when he had to stand next to Trump after every debate, and he was just outwitting. Well, that's one thing Trump had. He could think quickly on his feet and come up with a one-liner, and uh, people remember that stuff. Hey, Dave. Yeah, yep. and you could see, and you could see well, and you could see Bush getting. I mean, here's the thing: is I think Bush. Here's the thing: I, I with, with Bush is he knew he wasn't. I mean, you could just see yep. on his face during the debates and, and, and in interviews and stuff like that. He knew. I think he knew from the beginning. I don't know why he even yep. bothered and wasted all those people's money. Um, I mean, he, he knew that he had no shot. I, I mean, you could just see it. I, and I think, you know, I mean, Trump kind of made fun of him. And, you know, said, oh, low energy. But I think uh, I think one of the reasons why Bush had low energy was because he knew that there was no way in hell that he was going to be the nominee. I, I don't think he knew that till after the debate started because that's when it became clear. He still wasn't polling that bad at the beginning. It was just once the debate started where he was like – he almost felt bad for the guy. Even if you didn't like him, you're like, this guy's dying up there. You know how they have – it seems like there's a light on. You can see the sweat coming down. That's the way it was for him. I mean, I almost felt bad for the guy. Yeah, yeah like, I was yeah, it too. wasn't – it was once the debate started, and then it's like, God, I'm still at six. Well, you know what? I'm spending all this money. <laughs> I'm going well, down. And I – and when he dropped, you know, when he dropped out, when he dropped out, I mean, I mean, Frank, I mean, you guys might be like, <gasps> Robert, but when he, you know, when he dropped out, I mean, I did feel a little sorry for him. And, and, and I said, and this is something I did say to myself, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, so maybe I can't know exactly what I said, but I was like, this is a, this is the end of a legacy. This is the end of almost a dynasty. Yeah. The bushes are, are over. The bushes are gone. They're over. Um, and I would like to say that about the Clintons after this uh, November, <laughs> that's for certain. Um, you know, and uh, 
It's, uh, but, you know, but, you know, I, I hope so. Because tell you what, here's the thing. If you don't like, if you didn't like Obama, and I say this to everybody, I guess. So if you don't like Obama, then you don't, you're, you're going to hate Hillary Clinton because she's not only going to, uh, you know, continue on with Obama's policies, she's going to expand on them. And don't take my word for it. Take it from her own mouth because she's even said it. I remember because, because of the show I had to watch the Democrat debates. Imagine that. Um, but I had to watch some <laughs> of the Democrat debates because we're going to make commentary on it, right, and do, do some analysis for it. And, you know, and they were talking about giving illegals in-state tuition. Burns my ass. And I'm like, okay, these people aren't even citizens, and they're here illegally, and they're talking about giving them. But, of course, they're undocumented workers. They're not illegal immigrants, right? Undocumented and so she's like, Americans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not even that. And, and they're like, oh, yeah. She's like, oh, yeah. She goes, you know, I agree with states, uh, you know, that, that do that. And, and I would promote, you know, for other states to come on board to do it. It's like you want to give people who are not even citizens of this country – more benefits, more rights in a way, than you do your own people. What the hell? And then those people are actually like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's all right. You know, it's like, are you kidding me? And then they want to raise minimum wage to $15 an hour. Like, hey, what about these people who's worked at a grocery store for all these years, and now they're making, you know, they've been there two decades, and now they're making 15 bucks an hour. Are they going to get a raise? Uh, no. So how are you going to tell them that, you know, well, you spent 20 years getting here to make 15 bucks an hour. We're going to have this, you know, wet behind the ears person come in, you know, and we're going to give them 15 bucks an hour. Yeah, the federal government's making us still. And here's one thing that they never talk about. Who's going to get more money? It's not only the people getting paid 15 bucks an hour that's going to get more money. Now you've got people who are going to have to pay more taxes because they make more money. So what do you know? So this is another way for the government to, to you know, get get more money from behind the you know the tables. But because oh, well, these people make more money now. Well, yeah, but now they're paying more in taxes too. Oh, you know what? I have to do this, folks. Unfortunately, uh, we only have about 18 minutes of the show left. This is probably one of the shows we probably could have spent a fourth hour. But I do want to get Kelly on because we miss him. And Kelly, thank you very much uh, for coming to the show. How are you? Hey, good. I was just doing some late night engineering, getting a lot of work coming in these days. Um, meeting with my cat guy, but sorry, I missed. It. I'm going to listen to the rebroadcast. Um, yeah, I heard you were talking about taxes a little bit earlier. And could you? Uh, I just want to ask the guest if he understands how uh, taxes were at the founding of our country. I do. Uh, originally, it was a wealth tax. It was only the property owners paid the taxes, and the Founding fathers were adamant. I mean, the last thing they wanted was an income tax. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Ben Franklin, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, and Ben Franklin said this in the beginning. He says, every democratic republic or democracy has failed after 250 years for the same reason. Do you know what it is? Yeah. Well, we're at where we're at now. Um, I mean, well, yeah, you know what the you know. reason is. Yeah, well, I want to. I want to taxes, multiculturalism. No, yeah. no. Well, uh, the reason was that the pu- the public gets access to the treasury, and obviously, looking, that's obviously happening today. Yeah, I remember so that. Two hundred fifty yeah. years. Yeah. When the pub- two hundred fifty years pub- is twenty thirty nine. So that's why they didn't want the income tax. They only wanted the taxpayers or you know property owners. That's why people think voting is a right. It's not a right. Everybody would have voted from day one. But when did women get to vote? Nineteen hundreds. Only property owners were paying taxes 
just to avoid what we have today. That's how the tax system started originally. And that's why only property owners could vote. Um, so here, here's something I want to throw out to you, and I, Robert, give him my particulars so we can talk um, another day, um, you know, one-on-one. Sure. But the, um, <clears throat> there also was apportionment based on the population. Like California now is, what, 30% of the nation's, uh, or was it 10%? 10% of the nation's population, here's our annual budget, sends a check. Money went one way, no grants, no get back to the states and dictate what to say. But also, their uh, income tax had its start not in 1916, but in the Corporate Tax Act of 1895. Have you looked that one up? Yeah, there there was an income tax. I don't remember the year, but there was to fund the wars. I, when I said earlier, they would level an income tax temporary to fund, like, uh, the Civil War, you know, I think he may even back to the War of 1812, going back that that far. Well, no, actually, but they actually always, it's different. They it's always different. ended badly. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, the, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. I mean, that's somebody go. <laughs> okay, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. I want to make this point. Corporate yeah, tax Kelly. act of 1895. They were taxing the corporations. That was the intent of any type of tax that they started with was the corporations because back then they hated corporations. East Indian Trading Company in bed with the, the king. And now we have corporate all over the place and it's ruling Congress. But So they passed the Corporate Tax Act, I think it was 1895, and then a lawsuit came out, Bruchaber versus Union Pacific Railroad. And there was arguments about this and the Supreme Court ruled this creates known in taxes. It creates a tax only on corporations. And but the IRS and others just said, well, you know, that was established. Just, no, it wasn't. There's still the income tax system. The IRS was for corporations, and then to their media game show, they get everybody thinking that they're supposed to file. It's a game show, and so that's how it entered in. And the Supreme Court ruled, hey, there's nothing wrong with taxing corporations. Have you followed that history? It's, it's fascinating. I have not. In my research, uh, that was not one of the things that came up. I just know that you had, I mean, normally, I mean, before the income tax, it was mostly like a consumption tax. Once it went away from the property tax, then you had forms of consumption tax. They had the temporary income taxes um, for the wars. And when you mentioned the Supreme Court, there was a case in the late 1800s where the tax didn't go down. A lawsuit was filed, and the Supreme Court agreed, and that and the tax was gotten rid of. And then in 1913, you basically you had what we have now. It wasn't really to FDR where it was on everybody. It was originally on the top, you know, five percent were paying it for the first 20 years. But after the Great Depression, they saw that uh, with the New Deal, you have this big expansion of government, and saw all the new opportunity to raise taxes kept growing from there on. Yeah. I think the quote so is that, the, uh, go ahead, Kelly. The, the, I think the quote was, uh, "Democracy lasts only 200 years because when the public realizes yep. that they can vote for their uh, vote the purse, vote yep, from the government to, to get the money, yeah, access to the treasury. There you go. Then it's over. Yep, and that's clearly happening. And speak. And speaking of over, let's hope uh, that's not going to be the, the, the fate of our country. But unfortunately, it is about the fate of the show, uh, at least for this evening. 
so what we do here on uh, Bard's Logic is we give uh, about, there'll be about two minutes, gosh, not even that, maybe about a minute and a half for everyone uh, to give some closing thoughts uh, on tonight's show. Uh, and so uh, we'll start that now. I uh, will want to thank you, uh, David, for coming on, uh, not only uh, for the reason you came on the show, and that's to talk about the <laughs> transaction tax, but believe it or not, I do appreciate having a Never Trump person on the show because we do welcome <laughs> Never having Trump differing – or Hillary, there we go. Never no, Trump no, 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 never Trump or Hillary. Okay, yep. so you know we do like to have uh, differing views uh, here on Bard's Logic because uh, while we are a conservative show, we uh, you know tout as being the grassroots uh, We the People show, which of course uh, everyone is part of the We the People. And so let's go ahead and take our closing comments. Literally, everybody's probably got about a minute and a half to do so. And so first, what we'll do is we'll give it over to. Uh, you, uh, Cindy, we'll give deference to the lady, of course, to go first, and then John, and then Kelly, then our guests, and then unfortunately I'll have to close things out uh, for this evening, but uh, we literally only have about uh, one minute each or, or, or a few seconds after that, so go ahead, Cindy. Well, you know me, I, I can be sometimes really pessimistic, and uh, <laughs> I'm really pessimistic about the future of our nation. Um, I'm, I'm going to vote for Trump. Uh, just because I think that it, he's the only chance to get something different from what's already in there, and uh, uh, but not that not because I really think the guy is uh, a, a wonderful guy, <laughs> um, but I I'm hoping that he is what he says he is, and I hope that he does what he says he's going to do and doesn't get co-opted by uh, Congress and uh, the other powers, the elite powers that are really in control. Um, you know, I worry about him being assassinated, too, because, you know, of things like Glenn Beck and that guy and other things, too. I mean, those people um, those people don't think anything of taking a life if it, if it you know, keeps them in power and uh, gives them what they want. They, they have no morals, and... Uh, you know, I, I don't see a lot of hope for our country. Uh, in fact, I don't see a lot of hope for the world. And that's not just because of the way I see political things happening. It's because I read my Bible, and I know what the Bible says about what's going to happen uh, at the end when when the Messiah comes back. And so, uh, yes, I'm pessimistic because, uh, yeah, I want I want the Lord to come back quick. But I also didn't want to see my country go down the toilet in the, in the whole scheme of things. Because America's not really mentioned in prophecy, I was hoping that we might escape part of what was going to be going on in the old world. Um, but it's beginning to look like we're not going to. So. And with, uh, and with that, let's hope we could get a, a more – and I, I hate to move on, Cindy, but we'll, hopefully we'll be able to get okay. uh, rid of some of that pessimism for you. Um, and let's go ahead to you, John. <laughs> yeah, um, just in following the spirit of Cindy there, Second Chronicles 7.14. But I also wanted to ask yeah. um, Dave, Dave, what you yep. were saying about the disruptors in front of um, the Trump rallies, what if it was some other candidate or nominee? Would they still be there, regardless of whether it's I, Trump or not? 
I think they would. If it was Cruz, I think they would have. I think these are the same people that are Occupy Wall Street, same organizers, the MoveOn.org or Black Lives Matter. It's all those. It's the same people organizing all these things. I mean, if you look yeah, at some of those things, the, the Mexican flag, uh, I mean, I, it's clearly organized. Yeah, but that's not all of them. That's just certain groups within that big conglomerate of people but I, I i understand what you're saying and i want just to finish my close real quick i want to say thank you to everybody that showed up and everybody that didn't show up listen to this podcast and and send uh our host robert a check in the mail or, or send him a check some <laughs> other way well i appreciate that uh uh, and I never asked for donations or check, and I really don't have any way for anyone to get me one. But I do appreciate uh, <laughs> the sentiment. You know, eventually I'll try to make some money off doing the show because then the primary purpose of that is so that I could do more of the show, <laughs> which I would love to be able to do. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, bring it over to you, Kelly. And thank you, John. And of course, you're, you're always welcome to that. Well, uh, I want to go ahead and see my time to our guests because I haven't participated much. Okay, so we've oh, got fine. about a uh, minute and a half uh, for you, David, before I have to close things out. Go ahead. Okay. If you want to give uh, any website addresses, things of that nature, too, uh, go ahead. Yep. I'm glad you mentioned uh, grassroots a few seconds ago because that's what the transaction tax on deposit is. It's, a, it's we the people standing up, contacting our representatives, you know, not just your uh, senators and House of Reps nationally, but your state as well. Um, because I believe no law has done more damage to this country than the 16th Amendment, the income tax. So visit the website. It's www.autodeposittax.com. You can like the Facebook page, Transaction Tax on Deposit. So follow me on Twitter, at partner underscore Dave. And hopefully I will see all you guys on that glorious day when the 16th Amendment gets repealed. <laughs> that would be good. And, and perhaps uh... – uh, some being forced like the 10th Amendment. Uh, but anyway, definitely, David, I want to thank you for coming on the show, uh, not only for the information, uh, but for the lively debate of sorts. It wasn't quite a debate, but at least a lively discussion we had uh, you know, earlier uh, you know, about the candidates and things of that nature. It's, it's always mm-hmm. fun to, to, to have that on. Uh, and so next week, uh, we are looking forward to that. We are going to have James Neighbors on who uh, not only was one of our uh, panelists oh, some time awesome. ago. Yes, uh, he's back, uh, not as a panelist, but he is going to be our guest next week. And for oh, those cool. who uh, also know, he is the founder of Overpasses for America. And so he is going to be calling in and uh, discussing that next week uh, about the overpasses. And also he's going to talk about uh, his support uh, for a particular vice presidential uh, opportunity or uh, you know choice uh, for uh, Donald Trump, so he'll be talking about uh, his thoughts on that as well. I think uh, people who might have an inkling on who he uh, likes the idea of being that uh, nominee, but uh, not to give anything away, we'll find that out next week. But uh, of course, uh, we'll also hear uh, said more about his. Uh, Overpasses for America. And so also, folks, if you're listening to it, you will do the link. Uh, we are uh, supporting Newt Gingrich as the VP pick for Donald Trump uh, and moving forward in the election. Uh, you can read the 
petition to see why we do. And uh, right now we're at a little bit over uh, 1,400 uh, signatures. And of course, we'd like to have uh, many more before we uh, send this out to uh, Trump and Ben Carson uh, by the end of June. But, of course, he said he's going to make his pick uh, at the convention in July. Uh, so we want to have, uh, you know, as close to our goal met as possible by then. So, of course, uh, the Met, as many as you guys can share out uh, to get folks to sign it, uh, the more uh, impact that it'll have. And so what I'll do is uh, say a good night for everyone. Thank you very much for coming to the show. And, of course, I will end tonight as I do every night. Uh, and that is by the song by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can hear more of her music by going to www.aubrey, and that's with a B, ashburn.com. So take care, folks. Good night, and we'll see you then. Night. Night.